Welcome to the Party Invite Podcast, where we strive to bring you bring together a diverse group of enthusiasts to play, discuss, and enjoy everything video games. Tonight, we have party members Thomas Egan. Yes, sir. That's it. Vilos. It's me. Chew. And if you're uh, watching the video, uh, Darth Vader in a Yule Darth Vader <laughs> on fire. Um, spirit, uh, yes. so- soon to be joined by Debbie Hill. Crackle, crackle, crackle. Uh, and I am uh, your party leader, Chris Mau Mau. Uh, this is episode 50, which is insane. I know we've already said that, but that is an insane number uh, to see. Uh, and it's our favorites of the year. So our party faves. Yeah, they uh, Like Thomas said, we have so many categories to go through. So, Thomas, I am going to let you kick this thing off. All right, so, uh, like I said before the podcast started, this is all about our favorites of this year, right? It's not about mm. the best things that came out this year. It also means yeah. that uh, we're interested in things that we played this year. It doesn't matter when they mm. came out. Uh, I played yeah, yeah. Oblivion this year, uh, and Lizzie got to see that for the first time. Um, that's going to get a mention somewhere on this list, right? Uh, I just played Faster Than Light. I just picked that up a couple weeks ago. That's going to find its way on this list. Uh, so it's really just about what we made memories with, what we had good experiences with, and less about what's new, what came out this year, uh, or even what's best, honestly. Uh, I like plenty of games that are not the best, but I have a great time with them. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to knock them out in the same order that we made our posts online uh, for all of you to cast your votes on. Uh, so we'll knock this out one bundle at a time. And our first bundle, uh, we've got favorite co-op game, uh, favorite mm-hmm. family room game, and favorite game to spectate. Uh, so co-op game is obvious. Spectate is obvious. That could be uh, watching your partner play on the couch or watching uh, on stream on Twitch or YouTube. The family game room or family room game is all about something that you could put up in your living room in front of your family or your friends or whoever, uh, and they could get into it. Generally, I would say that means any game that's rated M is, is probably not here, but that's not a hard and fast rule. Uh, just the idea is that it's something that you could recommend to, to just about anybody uh, without having to worry about who's in the room watching, you know, impressionable children or anything like that. So, uh, co-op game. Uh, I suppose I'll start with this. This was not intentional when we made this list to be the first one. Uh, but my uh-huh. favorite co-op game uh, is It Takes Two. Uh, that's It happens to be the game that won Game of the Year for the, the Game Awards, which I thought was a surprise. Uh, it Takes Two is a game that uh, requires a disclaimer, which is why I'm surprised it won Game of the Year for anybody. Uh, that is a game that I had a tremendous time playing with Lizzie. Uh, it starts off, and there are plenty, I know, Chris, you bounced off of it pretty hard because there are a bunch of times in it where it's just not clear what you're supposed to do. And if you're, like, on one hand, I would recommend this for people who have, like, a partner or a friend who doesn't game very much, but you better be prepared to help them because there are plenty of times in that game where you have to do some video game bullshit. Yeah. Right, and yep. and it's not if you don't play a lot of video games, you're not going to notice the thing that's kind of glowing but not quite brightly enough over here that you're supposed to shoot something at. 
Um, right. So it had a bunch of flaws with its design. Uh, I really hope they come out with a remaster of it. But disclaimer aside, uh, that game had so many moments where Lizzie and I are sitting on the couch together and whether we're uh, doing a, one of the like 12 or so mini games in there where you can compete against each other doing anything from tug of war uh, to throwing snowballs to shooting like arrows at targets. Uh, there's so many, many games. But then there are all of these uh, little interactions you have in the game that are just for fun. They don't mean anything. Uh, there's an area where there's a camera aimed at this rotating like diorama, I guess. And you can swap out the environments. You can uh, change where the camera's aiming and all this stuff. And then one or two of you can get in the frame and like stick your head, you know, like a tourist uh, picture photo op thing. You can stick your head through it um, and, and make faces and all this stuff. But uh, all these little things. Another one, one of my favorite ones, I wish I had recorded it. Uh, there's an area that has a train that runs through it, just a, a train where one of the players can hop on and be the conductor and another and the other player can hop on and just ride. Uh, and you can speed up the train and slow down and stuff, but you go on this fun roller coaster that's actually cool to look at uh, because the environment is, is really well done. It's not very clear from a game design standpoint, but when you're just looking at it, it's gorgeous. Uh, in that same area, there was a... Uh, dartboard where you actually uh, you pop yourself into a cannon and then light the fuse and then you fly across the map and stick into wherever you shot and uh, I remember Lizzie and I doing that a bunch of times we'd we'd shoot we'd miss and we'd fall to the ground and we'd run way back up we'd race each other back to the top and throw ourselves in and, and shoot ourselves at the board uh, but there are just so many moments in that game where um, it was such a team effort whether it was mm -hmm. just for fun or if it was actually to progress the game. Um, but all of these moments that just felt so good as a co-op experience. Yeah, and to be clear, I only bounced off of it because <laughs> uh, Devin is not a gamer. So uh, some of that stuff was real difficult and she basically was bouncing off of it. So that makes the enjoyment for me, you know, less because I was like, oh, well, this will be something we could play together. Carlos, you want to hit this uh, this next one for you and Devi both? Uh, yeah, um, this one we, yeah, it looks like we both chose Back for Blood. And if you've been in our Discord any time in the past couple months, you will have seen somebody playing Back for Blood. And that is because um, it's a hell of a good game. And we all obviously missed Left 4 Dead quite a bit. <laughs> uh, it seems like I think we, we've ended up have, going through a, what, probably two or three different rosters worth of people to uh to play that game yeah uh, still haven't finished it as a as a whole group yet but there's another game um, fun co-op <laughs> like it's got problems but it's a really but good it's time. so satisfying there's there's not really anything in the game that that really stops from the enjoyment of it i mean even when it's just insanely difficult or um the <laughs> or if we lose connection and we have a bot replace somebody like Thomas <laughs> and uh and that that and bot immediately just sharing ammo endlessly here's all my ammo and, <laughs> I'm like wait a minute that's my ammo <laughs> and even then we still had a hell of a good time uh <laughs> even though that that AI was completely fucking useless they didn't kill a single ridden <laughs> but uh it, it was not a true replacement for Thomas but 
even then, it was a, a great time. It's a well well developed game uh, because like Turtle Rock, they they know what they're doing. They've been doing the exact same game for most of the last twenty years. So right. uh, it it's it is what it is. It's a very particular game. Uh, and for very particular audience, and it hit exactly the notes that we wanted. So uh, I'm not not at all surprised that uh, Debbie also chose that, because uh, it's it's just such a damn good time, yeah. no matter who you're playing with. And what was your choice, Chris? Oh, Chris is really excited, but muted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I was muted. Look at that. Uh, I was going to say... Um, it's wild to think that this game came out this year because uh, it feels like it was last year. Uh, but it is Outriders. Um, I spent so much time with friends on this game. Uh, and it was fun to like create these interesting builds of um, like kind of mix and matching your mods on your on your weapons, on your armor and stuff. It was just um, it was a good time. Uh, it unfortunately at some point kind of just everybody stopped playing. So it's just like other stuff came out and everybody just kind of stopped. Uh, I've seen that they have done an update recently that um, takes out the timer uh, for these like raid things at the end, um, expeditions, um, which now I don't know how those work now without a timer. Um, basically, like if you hit, if you completed it within a certain time, you would get ranked either gold, silver, bronze, and based off of those, the how you finished it, that's the kind of stuff you got um, at the end when when they uh, drop a giant loot pinata on you. Um, but uh, that game was cool. I know it had its problems, but like, um, it was uh, man. I put a lot of hours into it. I feel like I had several different characters. Um, I accidentally deleted one. I think that's probably also why I started getting. Like, oh, man, I can't play this game anymore. I accidentally deleted one. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun game. Uh, I, had a, I had a really good time playing it. Uh, I know they're doing DLC, um, and they've done that update. So maybe when the DLC comes back around, I'll hop back in and check it out again. But it's, uh, it's been a while. I haven't, I haven't thought about Outriders in a long time, uh, which is why I was like, did that come out this year? I like, literally you know, had to, when, I had to, when like, all the servers were down. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, whenever all the servers are down, just fucking get on that, like, after Christmas, when everybody's trying to get into Halo, just get on Outriders and be like, yeah, boy. Right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, like, they, I had to go through, like, a doc today, or, or, like, a, I had to go to a website and be like, what came out this year? And, like, re-look through it and be like, oh, okay. Um, I've had to do the same thing. I've had to Outriders look came through out each year. of my what libraries the... and be like, what have I played... Like, uh, part yeah. of it, too, because, Chris, yeah, that that feels like that was last year. And so, like, for oh, me, totally. I went through a move in the middle of the year. So my year was just cut into two pieces, and we're already in COVID times where you, you barely even know what season it is and, unless you check the calendar. Uh, Correct. That's how I feel. So, uh, yeah, if you had asked me when Outriders came out, I would have said last year for sure. Um, yeah. And I, I yeah, couldn't tell you. Like knowing that it came out this year, it could have come out anywhere between March and June, February mm -hmm. and June. I don't know when it came out. Um, this is this is one of those ones I think too that'll have a um, 
a resurgence, almost like uh, what was that other game that uh, is kind of similar to this that everybody kind of hopped on after the fact? Uh, the something of ashes. What was it called? Fuck. Uh, Remnant from the ashes. Thank you. There, there you it is. Remnant uh, from the ashes. You know, I played. Uh, I had a stretch playing that with uh, Devi and Lord Chrome. That was a fun game. Yes, uh, and and similar to that game, like it's like three person squad, you know, doing all that stuff. But what I think it does is like if this game is if Outriders is on sale, which I'm sure it will be. Uh, and or it probably was for Black Friday, but it definitely will be around Thanks, uh, Christmas time. They always do a big. Every store does a big sale around Christmas time. Just reminder. Uh, but if you and like some friends all pick it up for twenty bucks, and you like are consistently playing it, like you will have a very very good time. Well, shoot. Um, you know what? Shout out again to It Takes Two because when you buy the game for forty dollars, you get two copies of it, so you can uh, just send mm. it to your friend online um so if you wanted to split it you'd each pay 20 bucks for it you don't have to each spend 40 dollars on it which is nice um don't starve and uh seven days to die shoot oh my gosh seven days to die needs to be on this list uh okay well i guess that's my honorable mention i i've talked about it in other places i won't go into big detail but um i picked up seven days to die this year and like i don't know I don't know, sometime this year I picked it up. And I played with a bunch of people, learned the ropes, and had so much fun uh, playing on a dedicated server. Um, the game looks like it is 20 years old. Technically, it's only like seven years old, and it's still an alpha somehow. Uh, that's a real thing. I did not make that up. Uh, but Seven Days to Die is a really fun co-op game, uh, despite being like kind of janky, having terrible graphics, and running like garbage on the seventh day when all the zombies attack. Um, you've got crafting, base building, all that good stuff. Uh, but there was there was like a month there where I was playing seven days as as my most regular game. Um, and and it's the thing that got me into survival games besides uh, Don't Starve, which I've also been playing. Uh, so that'd be an honorable mention as well. But um, it was a, it was a really good year to play online co-op with your friends. Um, even even playing Halo with everybody. I mean, we're all on the same team. You know, it's not a it's not a co-op campaign or anything, but uh, it, it's it's a really good time to to have people online to play with, um, which, again, is a wonderful reason. I, I've loved our discord this year, especially in the in the yeah. past six months. Um, it's really been popping in there and it's been a nice place. Um, I personally, I am just about hitting my breaking point with Facebook. Uh, there are just so many things that are frustrating me about it uh, personally and also as like trying to do anything with party invite. Um, if I could snap my fingers and put our entire Facebook community on Discord, you bet I would. Um, so it's been really Let's nice. Do that. Yeah. Uh, I... Let's go Twitch gang. Twitch gang. <laughs> All right. So we've got 32 other categories, so we should probably move to that uh, that next one. There. Uh, bet. So family room yeah, game. Yeah, we also, uh, we also up, have Devi has, Devi has entered yeah. the chat. So if you want to, uh, traffic, it was just... supposed to be a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you see your flaming Yule log replacement? It's glorious. Nice. Oh, I thought that was a live feed of the, oh. me burning like the bones of my enemies. I was like, how did you get that quick? <laughs> Thomas, real quick. We have two Thomases 
a Chris and a Debbie. Oh my gosh, I, the I always forget to check the frames. Okay, hold on, I'll fix it. I'll fix well, it. Well, I I look to be the right yeah, person. Is, we're is we're this good me, there. Like, yep. uh, disguising myself here. Let's see. For those bones. I'm the new Thomas. That's the thing. I never remember to check these. Uh, let's Thank see. you, Odysseus. <laughs> uh, Big oof. Debbie, uh, co-op game. We we just covered ours. Uh, we talked about Back for Blood, which you got on the list. Uh, yeah, so I just stuck my initial by Back for Blood because, I mean, I didn't actually really play a lot of co-op games this year. And so um, Back for Blood was like the immediate obvious choice for me because of how much fun we had you know, doing our own little segment with it. Um, it was just great. It recaptured the Left for Dead, like, atmosphere, um, that kind of chaos, but also added its own little twist with the card system and everything, um, how it's just the one campaign with multiple acts instead of multiple campaigns with one act, which was really neat. And um, the whole cast of characters is just like a, a big old eclectic bunch. So um, Back for Blood is very obviously... Uh, like a contender of the year for me for that category. Uh, well, it's a good one. Uh, yeah, we we've had a bunch of people playing it this year, and it's been wonderful. Uh, ignore the ignore the stuff on the stream, everybody. Uh, the the next category we've got is family game. Uh, mine is short and sweet. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online or family room game. So something you can put on in the family room of your house. Basically, a game that you can recommend to anybody, whether they've got impressionable children or not. Um, Elder Scrolls Online has just been a great uh, game for me to watch. It's been my uh, game to spectate this year, as I've watched Lizzie uh, play it. There we go. Uh, so, so that's been great. I mean, all I really have to say about it is the environments and the quest lines in that game are a whole lot better than I gave them credit for when I played that game. Um, it's come a long way, but there was one specific memory I have of Lizzie being in some zone, and uh, she did this. She did one quest that was basically she did these two quests back to back that were very well written and nothing alike. They were they couldn't have been more different, and the fact that both of them were very good at what they did was very impressive. Um, it's it's easy. I usually paint MMOs into a corner where I'm just like. I, I don't know, it's a fetch quest, go kill some boars, right? Like, I'm sure there's cool lore back there, but, uh, you know, I don't know how much I care. But Elder Scrolls Online was the first fully voiced MMO that I've ever watched. And uh, it it's nailing what it's doing. Um, the fact that I can listen to the game um, and then look over when something crazy is, is going on has been great. Uh, so I've loved that, just being on the screen in our living room this year. Uh, that's why, like I said later, that's my favorite game to spectate. Uh, speaking of MMOs, and I know this is kind of like, we got a lot to get through, but this is a quick little blurb. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, notorious for its free trial splurge about, you know, Heaven's Word and all that whatnot. They are so full right now of people that they stopped their free trial. What? Yep. Yeah. The free Pretty funny no news. Available. They're not selling the game anymore until they get with their retailers and, you know, figure out the logistics of, you know, new servers and uh, having people up in here. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that, I mean, it's a good problem to have, but what a, I think that's the first time I've heard of that. Probably I there's another it, I time. Think the but... news broke like this morning, early this morning, something like that. That's wild. Uh, what do we yep. got, Vilos? What's a uh, family room game for you? 
Yeah, mine's uh, another easy one. So it's Among Us because uh, you cannot be offended by it. <laughs> you, you really can't. Uh, if uh, somebody's not aware of any kind of video games and they see you playing that in the family room, then they're going to be like, oh, what? what's this? Okay, let me, let me try it out. And uh, yeah, we've obviously had a, a ton of fun with it uh, over several community nights and a couple big extra life events in the past year. So yeah, by far Among Us, it's non-threatening. Uh, it's huge for the industry and just always a good time. Easy pick. Uh, you know, there's later on, uh, we're going to talk about accessibility, but something that's cool about Among Us, now uh, you can interact and do all this stuff using a chat wheel so that uh, you can effectively communicate even if you're on a console, right? It just came out for console uh, or on your phone. And so the fact that you can play with random people and still communicate effectively is really nice. Uh, it opens it up where it doesn't matter... Um, hardly what language you speak. It doesn't matter how old you are or your vocabulary. Some people don't like to be on the mic with other people. Um, yeah, it, it's got a lot going on for it. Uh, Debbie, family room game. Ah, I don't have a family. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so what I have is, for my pick, I have Mario Party Superstars. Uh, and that's just because it is just such a good time to play with family. Uh, Bowser and I have been playing it. We played it, I think, last week. And then before that, we've been playing it, like, off and on. And every time, it's just so crazy. Because we, there's always a story that comes out of it that, that, like, from a zany thing that happened on a turn. And we still have yet to play all the mini games on it. There's only, like, 100 or something. But it seems like every time we play, it's always something different. And... It's always something different in a way that I can like regale. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just a lot of fun because it's family, but it's not like kiddish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because people people look at, at family like family categories and stuff, and they're just like, oh, that's just photo kids. Well, first of all, Mario Party has never been photo kids. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's gonna be screaming like, now. Played Mario Party before. <laughs> it's, it's not photo kids. <laughs> but. Uh, it's also one of those games that no matter when you throw it on or how you feel when you do put it on, it's always just going to make your day. Yeah, And I think that just makes a good family game to me. Yeah. How about you, Chris? Um, so I know that this game can definitely not be family friendly, but uh, my pick was Jackbox because I've done a lot of family gaming with Jackbox recently. So... Um, you know, uh, family will come over for holidays and we'll throw on Jackbox and play a few rounds of whatever, right? Quiplash or um, all that stuff. Uh, the trivia, the murder, murder, triver, murder trivia party. You're nailing that. Jesus. Yeah, crushing it. Absolutely crushing it. Um, and uh, yeah, I just think uh, those games are fantastic. Uh, and usually they don't get uh as much love on the game of the year side of things because they you know one or two of them come out a year right you'll get like box seven or eight and uh everybody goes oh those are great and then that's like the end of the conversation yeah <laughs> you know uh, i think i think giant bomb tried to give it some love a couple years ago by putting it in their uh, like best music uh 
because they always have great music going on in their uh in their games but uh yeah mine's jackbox i know it can definitely not be family oriented but it is something i definitely play in the family room so yeah i mean we've played uh jackbox at our like family holiday get togethers before so i think that totally fits. right yeah yeah um yeah those are really good uh you know a few years back uh my my family i introduced them to heave ho having no idea how they would receive it and they loved it like that game is is a great i mean any of these like so jackbox is a great like holiday get together kind of game right um elder scrolls online i'm not exactly going to show up to thanksgiving and watch lizzie play elder scrolls but uh but there are a lot of different things that this category can be right, right. um and there are yeah, there's, this is just an example of the kind of co-op or uh, spectator stuff. That's why this is all bundled in the same uh, thing here, is that there are a lot of ways to enjoy games with other people uh, that aren't just playing. Like, people will say, what, you watch somebody play a video game? It's like, well, you can watch somebody play on Twitch and enjoy it one way. You can watch your partner play in the living room and enjoy it a different way. You can l listen to game soundtracks. You can play a co-op game together where you're both on the couch. You can do all sorts of things. Um, but I love that stuff. So, so the last one on here is Game to Spectate. I had mentioned already Elder Scrolls Online uh, is really my winner. The honorable mentions I've got is uh, Spider-Man, uh, Miles Morales, that game. I watched Lizzie beat that thing top to bottom. That game, very good. Uh, but yeah, it is. not necessarily a kid game, right? It's, it's got mm. a lot going on that's not kid stuff, but it's still a game that you could play around anybody. Uh, another one is Bug Snacks. I don't think Bug Snacks has gotten the love it deserves uh, this year because it came out right at the release of PS5, but nobody had a PS5 a year ago. Like, we got lucky because we literally won the Sony lottery to get one. Uh, but Bugsnax is a good game. It's like Pokemon Snap with RPG mechanics, I guess. Eh, that's not a very good description of it. Uh, but Bugsnax is a cool game. No game of the year or anything, but uh, definitely fam family room. Status. Plus, I had like a really cute theme song. Yeah. Mm. It's cute. Oh, we're, we're not going to recite that song. No, no, no. No, I, mean, I, I don't no. know it, so I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my pick is a, a quick and easy one as well. Fall Guys, we all know what Fall Guys is, but it's uh, it's one of those things that if you're just not you're just not feeling competitive but you want to see you want to see something that feels like a game show like all these other games seem to uh you know the jackboxes and among us and of course the mario parties of the world uh fall guys is just super pleasing to watch you've got some more unassuming characters that are just flopping around a stage failing all the time i mean it really doesn't get better than that uh when you just want to watch something funny um and they keep it very lively by bringing out new seasons new costumes all that kind of stuff all the time i feel like it's like season 14 or something it's probably season seven in reality so uh there's always new content it's always very fresh and incredibly fun all the time plus their twitter is just like so fun it is definitely they got doom guy on there well <laughs> uh what did i have oh mine's easy too halo infinite that's a fun watch. I could literally just sit in the Discord and watch you guys play, and I would be having just as much fun as I would if I was playing it. Agree. Yeah. I've uh, actually been watching them, the HCS tournaments, because I haven't been watching them live, but I've been going back on YouTube to the Halo Esports YouTube and watching uh, the VODs while I'm mm. like playing Pokemon. 
And wow. And I was telling Tegan about this the other day, but some of the strategies that you see, uh, them formulating like now, even in this early meta are just so out of this world. I saw somebody like grapple across the map and then turn around and then grapple the flag to capture the flag. I was like, why did I ever think of that? Oh, like, that's wild. You can grapple everything else, but I just, just never thought of that. And then he just turned around and like, uh, did this thing with the, he dropped the grapple hook and picked up a repulsor. Repulsor jumped and then, oh my gosh, it was like a rocket. It had something to do with a rocket. Oh, I just, I can't remember. It's so much fun to watch. It just is, especially at high caliber play, but I like watching us play too, because a lot of zany things happen that you just can't replicate in any other games. Like Halo's one of those games that's, that makes you feel like it exactly replicates the youth, the youthful goofiness of like the Halo of old. Infinite did a really good job of that. Yeah. Uh, just the other day, we uh, earlier this week, I want to say, I think it was like Tuesday. It was a random day this week that uh, we jumped into Halo. We had like six of us playing or something like that. And uh, we had a few more people, including you, who weren't even playing, who were just hanging out, watching and chatting. Uh, and, and we were in a Team Slayer match, and I had my literally my best game of Halo I've ever played. Uh, and it was fun because, like, yeah, we were all playing together, but uh, Mr. Jerp and Lord Chrome were were not playing, but they were spectating me. And so it was fun because it felt like I was streaming on Twitch because I've got the, you know, the peanut gallery behind me yelling stuff out. Um, and that was just so much fun. It's been it's been a blast watching uh, even Odysseus. I watched him play a bunch of Frostpunk this year. Uh, uh, what What is it? Inscription is a game that takes about 10 hours to beat. He put in 50 hours in that game. And I watched probably, I don't know, 20, at least 20 of those hours uh, in Discord. So it's it's been a good year for watching uh, for watching uh, Twitch, or for watching other games. Uh, Absolutely. So what have we got? Uh, if we're all good in that category, then the community... Um... Had a, had one. Oh, did I skip over? Wow. Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I'm sorry about look that. Up, look up the police right quick. Hold on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no, the one that I have is uh, Century Age of Ashes, which is that new dragon game that recently came out uh, free to play on Steam. Just because even when I'm not playing, I've been watching people like stream it and stuff. It's just absolutely gorgeous. It is such a spectacle. Games are always intense, even if you're just playing casual quick play. Uh, ranked mode is really interesting to watch because of the different um, approaches that people have there, as opposed to the same mode in casual. And they just released a new event today. Um, called Frost and Fire, I think. Something like that. Um, it's all winter-oriented. Um, Three New Dragons came out, a whole bunch of, like, you know, um, goodies and whatnot. But they also added a free-for-all mode. And let me tell you what, that mode is something to watch because you already know how hectic the game was team-oriented. Mm -hmm. But free-for-all? Everybody's just on everybody's just on everybody. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, flamethrowers everywhere especially and, if everybody has different dragons yeah like different types which is uh you know helped by all the new ones that came out today is it wait is today the 16th yeah yeah, yeah it, it just came out today <laughs> so i mean um and thomas i know you were having a really good time uh watching it whenever oh, i was yeah. doing it in discord that was cool so i was just like games to spectate sentry easy yeah yeah that is a very pretty game and i'm jealous that it looks so good on your computer <laughs> Like that thing was crisp. 
and running at high frames. Like I, I if you like dragons, and everybody does, that's a good game. Who to doesn't? Watch. Yeah. Uh, then uh, we we should move on to the next because we have a lot to go through, and we're we're already like yep almost an hour in. So the community <laughs> votes are uh, best co-op game. It takes two. Back for Blood, Valheim. So two of those were on our list. Uh, yep. Family room game, Jackbox games, also on our list. And then best to spectate was Dead by Daylight, Phasmophobia, and Halo. Thanks, everybody, for casting your votes. Those are still nice. up, and those will remain up indefinitely. So if you want to go back and, and uh, chat on those, um, we're still interested. I love those conversations of hearing what people are really excited about. Uh, so our next bundle is all sound-oriented. It's soundtrack slash audio design. Uh, it is game sounds to AFK2 and bop of the year. So... Mm. Uh, mine, if I get started, all three, it's a clean sweep of Inscription. Inscription has all the audio I, I ever wanted. Um, it, it has, uh, I mean, I'll just, I'll just tell you why it's all three. I don't even know which, which song is my bop of the year, but they have all these boss fights that are in different sections of the game. And I'm not going to spoil anything here during this podcast, but in different sections of the game, there are dramatically different things going on. And the music so well matches the environment you're playing in. It's staggering uh it, they just do such a good job of marrying what you're looking at with what you're hearing um just so many good good sounds like audio design it's everything from the sound of the cards uh every time you're you're yeah. dealt cards it's the sound Absolutely. of your chair scraping against the floor when you stand up and walk around the room um just mm -hmm. lots of little things like that uh the, the sound of the teeth falling on the scale whenever you uh deal or are dealt damage uh, yep. To AFK, when you're in the section of the game that's in the trailers, you uh, you play through like a swamp area and, and these other things. And when you're in the swamp area, it's raining. And so if you're just sitting there, I've left inscription on in the background just to hear the rain sounds on the roof while I'm doing other things. Mm. And I love that. So I don't know what my bop of the year is, but top to bottom, the sound in that game is wonderful. It's a Devolver digital joint. I'm here for I think it. I know what I think I know which one you want to pick, Thomas. Yeah, what's that? The the trapper theme. It's really good. The uh yeah. the humming one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. No, oh, there's lots of good stuff. Uh my, my honorable mention is is Halo's menu music is better than it has any right to be. And I, I looked up the menu music on YouTube and it's like many dozens of mu of minutes of different songs because like anything can play on that uh, menu. So you can sit in an AFK to it for a while and hear a lot of different things. It was, I, I played that game for almost 10 hours before I actually heard the main Halo theme on there. And then when I did, I was like, did they update the game or did it, was I just here long enough to hear it? <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, uh, I'll just go ahead and do mine um, because it, it kind of mixes in. So, if we had split this one, soundtrack and audio design, soundtrack very closely, it, it was really Halo Infinite soundtrack. But for technically more uh, of the year, I was obsessed with Metroid Dread. And so uh, not only was is the soundtrack fantastic for that, if, if you're not familiar with it, it brings back a whole lot of uh, touches from all the previous Metroid uh, stuff, which, you know, had... Definitely was a little bit of inspiration in the OG Halo music um, with the, the sci-fi creep factor. Um, 
but Metroid Dread's audio design in itself is just so exact with all the, the clinking of footsteps and the Emmy, the threatening presence that you get with the enemies in Dread is just spectacular. A lot of it is through sound. Uh, so for me, they just did such a job. Uh, Mercury Steam put a lot of work into uh, designing the world of Metroid. And that just it just came together in a, a whole package for me. Um, but I will say, for anybody that's not familiar, uh, a lot of the Halo music for Infinite was actually... Uh, it was technically two to three main composers, but one of them is Gareth Coker, who did the Ori, uh, both Ori game soundtracks. And if you have missed out on the Ori game soundtracks, you need to look up Gareth Coker and just listen to all of the stuff that he's done. Dude, that's like it's a family family room album. Honestly, both of those, yeah. both of the uh, Ori's are great. And that's that's like four or five hours of soundtracks you can listen to and just never tire of it. They're relaxing too. They're, uh, I've played those a couple times while I was driving. I've never even played the Ori games. I've watched them a bunch. Um, but those are like my background instrumental, you know, they're, they're here there are a couple of classical music stations on the radio uh, that I'm like, man, if that's the kind of thing you're looking for, boot it up on Spotify. It's the good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I'm going to piggyback off of uh, uh, Thomas's for at least soundtrack and audio design. Uh, I went with Inscription. Uh, I was trying. I, it was close between this and Death's Door. Um but with inscription, it's just everything. The way the cards sound, uh, they have a real weight to them. Um, just every little thing that you touch and do in that game, the sound is perfect. Um, it's crazy that a, a card game, we're talking about how good the sounds are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, like, it's weird to me because like I, I'm also playing like a lot of MTG Arena. And like all of the sounds in that game are too loud. Just too loud. You, you you mixed it too loud. It doesn't need to be this loud and intense, especially if somebody's playing it on their phone. Like it's just unnecessary. Chris, um, when I was watching you play the other day, uh, I had you on my my screen over here as I did my main yeah. stuff, and yeah. you'd be playing for a while, and I just hear like card sounds, you know, and some music. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, very loudly, a hu- like a human would talk and say something and i'm just like what am i hearing I, like it's, and it's, i realized it's because when they drop the uh yeah they'll they'll put in the uh uh what are those planeswalkers um, planeswalkers will talk yeah and it's like why is this so loud and like, why you're doing does it, it wrong it only happens once every 10 minutes so it's, yeah. it's like it's always a shock uh, but we're not talking about bad audio design we're talking about great audio design <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. inscription like really did it for me. Like I said, Death's Door would have been really close second uh, because the person that designed the game also made the soundtrack, which is just insane um, for Death's Door, but uh, Inscription took it for me. Um, as far as uh, mine go, for the audio design, I chose uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl because mm. the way that they remastered the original Sinnoh soundtrack is just... Like, I was on stream, and every time, like, the Galactic theme would come on, or the uh, the Elite Four, or the Gym Leader theme would come on, I was just up in there, like, for those who are listening, <laughs> instead of watching, I'm doing I'm doing the Michelle Obama hands dance. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but it's just, it sounds so, so, so good. Like unexpectedly so. And especially after the big scare that we had because their first trailer didn't, it had placeholder music. And so we were like, is this what it's going to sound like? Because I don't like that. <laughs> but no, they came out swinging. It's, it's awesome. And when I had the pleasure of fighting the champion and that theme kicked in, oh, it was over. It was over. <laughs> so good. Um, for my AFK win, I have Faster Than Light because Bowser plays it all the time and he plays it on the PC, which is our, um, it's basically our TV in our living room. He has his uh, towers uh, hooked up to the, our 62 inch. And so he'll play games on there sometimes and he'll be playing that. And, you know, I'm just chilling on the couch doing whatever I'm doing. And the background music to FTL is just immaculately chill. It's so good. Like, wasn't that the game that you said you had listened to for like 10 years before playing it or something yeah, like that? Yeah, the game came out in 2012, and I've been listening to it since probably 2013. Uh, and it's it's on, there's usually at least one song of that on that album on my like Spotify wrapped every year, uh, even now. Like, uh, Faster Than Light and Fez are almost, and Skyrim are oh, almost so always on my most listened tracks. Uh, yeah, I just picked up FTL for the first time. And, and so for anyone who doesn't know in FTL, you've got a bunch of themes that play throughout the game, but that theme is modified in 20 different ways, depending on what is happening in your, in your game. So like the, whatever theme is playing, and then you run into a specific type of enemy. And then now it's a different version of that. And then the, the battle ends and the, song keeps playing but it goes back to the different you know to the original version and now you're fighting another enemy and it's another version of it um so you'll be listening to the same themes for a while but they all have different versions and i, I don't get tired of it yeah like dynamic motif music is like just some of my favorite things like in banjo kazooie it'll be like playing the one theme and then you go underwater and then it's like the same theme but like underwatery with like glockenspiels and whatnot mm. like dynamic motifs are some of the best audio design that i like, that's my favorite thing about music and video games. Um, honorable mention there is Risk of Rain 2, because that mm. game is also very good soundtrack to AFK 2. Yeah. Um, and my bop of the year, I kind of just chose this uh, based on the music that I could, like, remember being obsessed with. And for the longest time, I was obsessed with the Knockout City soundtrack. Mm -hmm. uh, because it's it's got, like, this genre fusion of, like, funk and jazz. But then also there's like a couple of ditties on there that are like like alt rock and there's like hip hop on there. So like it's it's a lot of it's like an amalgamation of like really good music. But um, my favorite song from the original soundtrack, and I don't know if they've, I haven't played since like the end of season two. They're on season four now. So I don't know about any new songs that they may have added. But my favorite that I that I know is called Devil's Cove, which is kind of like a surfer rock little ditty. Um. But yeah, it's pretty cool. It's on Spotify. The whole soundtrack is. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, just nice. look up Knockout City official soundtrack. And Devil's Cove is the one is my pick. Um, I almost picked Kitty Litter Chaos because it sounds like, um, gosh, what is that song by No Doubt? Keep on dancing. Like that song. Uh, hella good. Thank you. Um, it sounds like the bass line is the same. So that's one of my favorite songs on there too. But Devil's Cove is just interested at. Uh, we'll bet. Uh, let's see. What did the community say? Community said, uh, let's see. Favorite. So I like this because this shows a wide variety of, uh, hold on one states. second. What are we, what's happening? Are we moving on? 
Well, yeah, after we talk about the community picks for the category we just named. Well, hold on. Well, okay, because every we just skipped over everything else. <laughs> My bad. I thought we at all covered <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. No, well, I can. I can oh do no, you're this. right. You're right. Uh, yeah, Chris, you go, lead the way. You lead the mine. way. I can go through mine really quick. Uh, my AFK is Deathloop on PlayStation 5. When you h- just hover over the icon on on the menu, it'll just play like the theme, uh, and it's fantastic. I've literally like left my PlayStation on, and it just is like hu- on just in the menu. It's just hovering over it, and it's just playing this theme that is just. I'll, it'll be going for hours, and I had no idea or didn't even notice, and it's like ah. That's fantastic. Uh, then my bop of the year is uh, Walking Around the Town by Pusher from uh, the game Echo Generation. Uh, this song technically came out last year, but the game released this year. So um, it's incredible, uh, like uh, 8-bit, 16-bit uh, style music, but it's really, really, really good. Uh, the whole soundtrack is good, but uh, Walking Around the Town uh, by Pusher. Uh, from the Echo Generation soundtrack, it is on Spotify as well, so you can see it there. Yeah. Uh, what do we got? Uh, Carlos, sounds AFK too. Yeah, for mine was Behind the Frame. For anybody that's not familiar with Behind the Frame, it's a beautiful, uh, really artistic escape room slash uh, drama that's just incredibly heartwarming. Uh, it will make you sad. It will make you cry. But it's an old, it's uh, about an hour exactly, an hour long, uh, and it's got a lot of bops to it. Um, there, the that's another one that's entirely on Spotify. So definitely check it out. Behind the frame, it's uh, one of the amazing uh, Acapro games, I believe, uh, that came out this year. And my bop of the year officially is uh, the banks of the river are lined with gold from the Artful Escape. And that's just because, like, I am not a folk music person in the slightest, like, 100% not. But when that song starts in Artful Escape, you're just like, what? Am I, am I into this already? It's like not even three minutes into the game, and you're just like, yeah, okay, you hooked me. Okay, thank you. Dude, I, I, I left that menu on for a long time the, the weekend that I played that. Is Behind the Frame that, like... The artisty game, like about the artist, like that Studio Ghibli looking game. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. The one check during it out. the release it's, where I think we're it's like, right now, actually. We're like, okay, but show us some gameplay. This isn't what the game looks like. And then it <laughs> yeah. was. It was like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I'll just eat my words real quick. Uh, what else we got? We've got, uh, you said the banks of the river. Chris, you said that. Okay. So I think now yeah. I have finished jumping the gun. And I'll make sure I do it again later. Um, the community said uh, their favorite soundtrack audio design that they played this year was God of War 2018, uh, Death's Door, Life is Strange True Colors, and Wraith the Oblivion Afterlife. So that's a wide variety of games. And yes, I love that. Uh, to AFK2, Ghost of Tsushima, Valheim, and Sable. Valheim, I had uh, Skyrim and Valheim on my uh, honorable mentions. That Lots of time listening to that music. Uh, and then, pop of the year, uh, let's see, we got The Summit by Bear McCreary for God of War. Uh, we've got the Halo main theme, just in general. I don't know if that was to in- infinite or otherwise, but <laughs> motifs, baby. And uh, Yuki, did I write that down? 
I'm not sure what Yuki is actually, but somebody you said wrote it that, was. But I don't know who it was that contributed that one. <laughs> somebody said it was their favorite, so it's on the board. Uh, so our next bundle is uh, all art and style. It's beautiful looking stuff. It's art direction, original style, and most beautiful. Um, so really, this is just does it look good? Great. Uh, I said carry on, uh, carry on. That game is gross. The whole thing, it's got this this nice, like, not really crisp, but gorgeous, disgusting pixel art to it. Where, of course, Carrion is a game where you play as basically the thing. You play as the monster trying to escape the lab. And so you kill and eat all the humans and then impersonate them uh, to try to escape. And, uh, yeah, the, the whole game from top to bottom, I just loved watching the animations for it, the movement. It all felt so good. But the reason that that mattered was that the the pixel art in it just everything fit together so well. Uh, like when things look looked clean, they looked clean, and then when they looked dirty, they looked dirty. Uh, but and this uh, is your pick for art direction, right? Tom? Yes. Yeah. Uh, just because the, the way that they really made you feel like you were spreading your nasty tentacly self all over this base, like sometimes getting absolutely massive where you're taking up half the screen. And other times you get super, super tiny to fit through a small ventilation duct. Hashtag uh, biomass. Yeah. Yes. That game, that, I loved that game and I wouldn't have played it without Carlos's recommendation. But uh, the, the visuals are a snack. And um, it's, not, it's not like the most beautiful game I've ever played, but uh, man, I couldn't get enough of it. I just, I, that was the game I didn't want it to end. I don't say that for a lot of games. I did not want that game to end because I didn't want to stop looking at it. It is very visceral. Yeah. Yeah, good word. Good word for that. All right, who's next? Any uh, one of you? I'll, I'll do mine. I can do mine really quick. Uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, I was really torn uh, here where to put it in art direction or most beautiful because that game is insane looking uh it is just wild uh so i gave it to art direction um because i feel like my pick for most beautiful kind of stepped that up just a little bit farther but like ratchet and clank they always look amazing but the art direction in this one with you jumping through different dimensions and all these things is really 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 great looking like it's an, it's it's a feast a visual feast uh, so I went ahead and uh, gave Ratchet and Clank the nod for Art Direction. For mine, I just have uh, Naraka Bluepoint, which is the new Battle Royale. Well, it's not, it's relatively new. I'm not actually sure if it's even like fully outside of early access yet, because when is any game nowadays? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I chose uh, Naraka Bluepoint for Art Direction just because, like, have you seen it? Like that's the, that's the game you did your extra life character creator on. That was that yeah, was yeah. a good looking game. It's basically so I don't know uh, who in the chat is familiar with like the Perfect World games or not Perfect World, but um the Black Desert games. So Black Desert, Crimson Desert, and yeah, the Perfect World games because they have similar art directions as well. But it's super gorgeous, photorealistic, and I do mean that photorealistic vistas and lighting and the people. The people, everything just just is so spectacular. So I was like, oh, well, if I'm thinking about a game that I played recently uh, that has art direction, like Out the Wazoo, 
It's probably Naraka Blade Point. Yeah, you're not playing avatars. You are playing human beings. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely. They, they are so well-defined. Like, if I watched that in 4K on something, I would be like, where am I looking at pores? I am looking at pores. It's you can still, gorgeous. You can see the pores. Yeah. You can see the, the skin textures and everything. <laughs> How sweaty are they? As sweaty as you want them to be. They don't show their sweat because they're warriors on the battlefield. Mm. They'd much You're rather right. show their enemies' blood than their own sweat. Yeah, yeah. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was another easy and quick pick. Uh, the Artful Escape, because very much like uh, your Ratchet and Clank pick, this is all about uh, traversing many different worlds. Uh, and... I mean, you're just in space seeing all kinds of psychedelic bullshit through the entire Artful Escape. And uh, I, I feel like it was it was both a storybook and a Wes Anderson movie at the same time. Just really phenomenal uh, direction to go. It was not at all what I expected uh, visually. And I mean, they took it in a direction. <laughs> that's That's the definition right there. That game reminds me of um, very, very vaguely of Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. I'll skip original style for just this second. I'm going to skip over to uh, most beautiful. I originally didn't have one written down, and, and I still don't know what I think is the most beautiful game I saw this year. But the screenshots people shared of the new Forza game. What? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love staring at photography and... If I didn't know that was a game, it's like when people share uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, photos. You know, the famously people will send them into the news and be like, oh, check out my photo from my hike or something. And they'll post yeah. it, you know, share it thinking that it's a real photo. Uh, a bunch of the photos of those cars, like, it, you can practically smell the rubber on the tires. Um, they're just gorgeous. I mean, I've stared at some of the screenshots people shared uh, a few weeks ago, Chrome and... and uh, Oh man, Steve-O. I mean, it's just, it blows my mind that a game can look like that. And like, not just the stills, but also when it's moving. But but those stills are so photorealistic, it melts like, my, my brain. Some random Facebook friend is like, yo, you see my Lamborghini Diablo? And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, oh, okay. You really, you really got me for a second there. Yeah. Yeah, that that's a good pick. I also... Uh thought about going that way i ended up going uh because i had to put it somewhere in here uh kena bridge of spirits kena bridge of spirits um that game is beautiful um similar to ratchet and clank it's you know very pixar looking or, or dreamworks looking um it's really a gorgeous game the animation's really really nice um and for that that uh you know small of a studio to to put out something like that as their first game too. Um, so that could have been in debuts also, but um, really, really impressive visuals. And uh, yeah, it's just got a, it's real pretty to look at. Like I, I, I haven't played much of that game. I played like the first couple hours and then I, uh, I would just like start the game and just let it sit. And I just like walk around the world and look at it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really, really, really pretty game. Uh, then let's see. I just have Naraka again for most beautiful because those reasons I say it's real party. It's real party. 
Plus, I can recreate myself in it, and I'm real pretty, so mm. most beautiful, obviously. Modest, too. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm the best at being modest. I'm so humble, y'all. It's not even funny. <laughs> I went with Sable for most beautiful just because it's something that is highly unique. It's something that somebody or that everybody needs to see, uh, and it was really just two people that created it. It's another game here that's in a world by itself um a, a very realized immersion but it's it's so unique like i feel like there hasn't been a game that was as unique uh as sable since like return of the Oprah den it's, mm. it's one of those games that people are really not pushing themselves to develop games uh with this with a visual style that's this unique uh, and I'll, I'll correct myself just a little bit. Moondown, the horror game, uh, is very similar as well. But when when I can say that three games are so unique that nothing else is touching what they're doing, that means something. Uh, and Sable, I, I bought a copy of Edge magazine with, that has Sable on the cover, and I'm just like, I need to keep this magazine in perfect condition. It is so pretty. <laughs> um, it's kind of sublime. Yeah. Uh, an honorable mention I would have had for probably style, which I'm going to tell you in a second, is uh, Grifflands. Uh, but that one doesn't look like nothing. What it looks like is 80s animation. It looks like the movie Heavy Metal. Um, it's just that I've never seen another game that looked like that. Uh, so where mm -hmm. like Sable kind of has that 80s animation going for it, nothing looks like Sable. I've, I've never seen anything that looks like Sable. Um, yeah, that's certainly one of a kind. Grifflands is is good it's a snack i love watching it but it's it can't hold a candle to to sable right um but what does get my vote as with carlos as with chris for original style is inscription baby uh that game so it's really tough to tell you why the style is so good without totally spoiling the game and everyone should go play that game so i really really don't want to spoil it but what I will say is that game goes through a lot of changes where, to, to oversimplify it, uh, the style of the table and the cards that you're playing with dramatically, very dramatically change over the course of that game. And when they do, just like we said, the sounds, the, the sounds that as they change throughout the game are always so, not only are they so good for each individual item, they all come together to paint such a broad picture where every single part of it is top tier, it's top notch. And so with the style in this game, it's, it's not only the audio, but uh, it's it's the characters. I mean, it's it's the uh, the visuals of the table that you're playing on and the cards you're playing, but also the escape room elements uh, and the way that all of those change um, as the game changes. But uh, basically imagine a movie like a, you know, uh, Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers has uh, episodes where they'll have guest animators, right? So you're still mm. looking at the same characters, but they're animated in completely different ways. But you see why, like, this is emphasized on one character by this artist, and in another artist, it's de-emphasized and, and something else is emphasized. Uh, imagine that with Inscription, because I can't tell you anything because I don't want to spoil it. Basically, yeah. imagine that. Right. Where you've got I mean a lot of people are saying it's it's an anthology is is what you're referring to an anthology like the the VHS films or something like that mm -hmm. uh, just that little uniqueness in between each 
different part. But it's but it's all uh, you've got different versions of the same things, so you know what you're looking at. So the way that they're so creative and uh, execute so well on making those individual parts into very distinct different things, um, it's incredible. Uh, just that whole game, I just I just never wanted it to end. To be honest, uh, every section of that game. I just wanted more and more and more. Uh, turns out, though, there's actually a beta, so the, the section of the game that you can see in the trailer, you actually can do endlessly, which is fun. Um, but yeah, uh, Inscription, it's not even close that that has my favorite style of the year. There's so much I like about it. <laughs> I have not had the pleasure of playing Inscription, but uh, if I had, I probably would have put it for my original style as well. <laughs> Which would have given it like, you know, full sweep of the category. But uh, for my choice, I have Knockout City uh, because it is this wonderful, jaunty little blend of like art deco elements with neon, like grunge neon elements. Uh, so just like how the music marries these different genres together, uh, the arts, like the, the appearance of everything uh, kind of mimics that as well. And all of the characters, they're, like, really very expressive. Um, they're all kind of, like, they have that, kind of like, cartoony kind of feel, that bouncy, stretchy, cartoony kind of feel, like mm -hmm. something like Overwatch or Fortnite would have. But the the way that they capture genuine expression uh, is really just takes it over the top for me, I think. Uh, plus that Art Deco blend of, of, of grunge, uh, Neon as well. Because Art Deco is one of my favorite aesthetics i love art yeah. yeah same so um, for those for the uninitiated that would be like the skull girls aesthetic like very gold and brassy from like the flapper era with like the exaggerated lettering and everything uh um, even a bunch of the stuff you see in cuphead like on the menus and stuff yeah yeah that that would yeah. be considered art deco as well so that that is my pick for that bioshock yes would be art deco as well yes a lot of yeah. Bioshock. uh do you guys have anything else to say about inscription i know i kind of threw a lot of words at you Later. Cool. All good. Cool, cool. Uh, okay, let's see. That was 79. Let's see. What did the community have to say? Uh, for this entire category, we saw Death's Door and Psychonauts for... Hold on. I, I got to get this right. So Art Direction, Original Style, good, Most good, Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Death's Door and Psychonauts. Uh, then we saw Wind Waker, the Zelda game. Uh, Squingle, which I know nothing about and need to look up. Uh, and Death's Door. And then we had... Sea of Thieves, Sable, and Cyberpunk. So again, I love the variety <clears throat> in these games. Um, and for anybody who didn't join us at the beginning of the podcast, again, this is all about the favorites of things that we've played this year, uh, us and the community, regardless of when they came out. We're not arguing what's the best. We're just arguing uh, you know, what were our favorites. And I, I love seeing the wide variety of things that oh i've been play. trying to keep it to this year the whole time oh no like last year let me just go ahead and uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh well next we've got uh, our next bundle is narrative character and performance yep. mm. um so this is all about storytelling so uh i don't think i have i don't even think i wrote down a single thing in this category uh no what i do yeah, have is uh the leshy who's the um the person in inscription who he's the shadowy figure with the orange eyes across from you uh, at the table. 
one of my favorite games from the whole year. Um, we we had mentioned uh, in sound design uh, when he speaks. Whenever you read his text, he has this this droning sound that I love. I would go to sleep to that sound. Um, but everything about that about Leshy's character uh, by the end of the game, I really came to enjoy. Um, can't really tell you why, but I love that character. And again, Leshy's not going to win a best character in any category, but he's my favorite character. Uh, no, he might like I watch watch when Giant Bomb and stuff comes around. Like they like people are talking very highly of of this character. Cool, that's that's nice. So to hear. I think I think you'll I think you'll start seeing it when once all that stuff starts coming out. Um, I have an honorable mention for the puppet show in Control. Uh, most of my it feels like I played Control a whole year ago, and that's almost true. I played it uh about January or so, January February of this year. Um, and I love that. I, that that game is in easily my top ten games I've ever played, maybe my top five. Uh, but there's a puppet show in there that almost got cut from the game. I read about it. Uh, the the short version is uh, in the lore of the game, they needed a way to explain to children why spooky paranormal things exist. And so to do that, they do this live action, like an actual puppet show. Uh, you know, it's not CGI, it's all real stuff. And these puppets, like, introduce these really complex ideas in a way that these kids can understand. And the whole thing is super weird and very unsettling uh, and kind of funny. And I've never seen anything like it in a game. And I just wanted to shout that out because uh, I read that it almost got cut because it's just so weird. Um, but that was that became one of the things in the game I looked forward to the most because it was just dripping with... Uh, all of the elements of that game boiled into one. The, the scary and the funny and the creative and all that stuff. Don't see a lot of puppet shows in games. <laughs> Definitely don't. Definitely don't. Uh, and then the rest, um, I, can, I can talk yeah, between you guys, but I mean, that's, that's the one I felt the most strongly about. Anything else I had, I, I would say for performance, maybe the two main characters in Deathloop, but I'm only like three hours into Deathloop. But I got to say, they're, they seem like they're killing it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they, they, it's it's good. Uh, I so, so something I was struggling with when I got to this part was I was like, I haven't played a game that was like super narrative driven this year. Like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I was uh, thinking about it. I was like, oh, I could put inscription in here, but I'm putting inscription in a lot of places. So, like, let's try to give something else a nod. Um, uh, my pick. And then I have an honorable mention. My pick is Hitman 3. Um, because I remember, and this is crazy to think about how long ago this was, Thomas. But when Hitman 3 was coming out, like how excited I was about playing through 2 and getting through 3 and like following that story. Mm -hmm. um, like it really felt like you were watching like a Netflix show or an FX show. Yeah. Um, and it was really, I think the, I think it was really good. Um my honorable mention is Returnal because that whole thing is based around narrative and it is really cool what they're doing. I just didn't get far enough into that game because it was so hard um, to really see where it goes. Um, so on a, that's an honorable mention for me under narrative. Um, and I didn't do, I didn't have a character. I couldn't think of like, Leshy probably is a, is a really solid choice there, Thomas. Um, uh, performance, though, this one, it took me a minute to be like, what am I going to do for performance? Like, 
no, nothing stood out to me. And then I was like, right. Disco Elysium, the final cut, came out this year. Um, at least I believe it did, from what I'm, what I've I gathered. Think, I think it did. I believe so. Um, and they fully voice acted that game. Uh, and the narrator, Linval Brown, had never acted before in his life. Oh, and damn. did 300, 340,000 words of dialogue. Uh, oh, and he did a great job. Wow. It's um, like uh, last year, you were the one who told me that uh, the voice actor for Hades himself in Hades had never had a voice acting gig before. And then he did that. Mm-hmm. Like, are you mm, kidding me? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a lot, of the, a lot of the voice actors and stuff in Disco Elysium are uh, musicians uh, for the most part. Um, and the, he's a London-based mu- musician who literally had never done any of this before and uh, did 340,000 words. So hats off to that gentleman. I saw the, I saw the article was dated um, uh, April of this year saying, hey, now that uh, Final Cut is out, which means, oh, which I went, oh, so it did come out this year. I just didn't see it on the list of things that came out because it's technically like a re-release. Mm-hmm. But I mean... It's a complete. There's so much added to that game and full voice acting. I was like, I that that counts. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's incredible what he was able to accomplish uh, for never having done it. And most of that was done during the COVID era too. So extra yep. props. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, and it's it's cool because they have musicians that are doing it. So like, they know how to um, get their voice to sound good and then you know submit it. So it's not you know. Just like them recording it on their phone or something, you know. Right. Although so, doctors are doing that because technology, like phone technology nowadays, has evolved to the point where we can, that you can actually do that. So there are some voice actors that do use their phone. Yeah, um, I that's know true. some musicians yeah. do that too. Uh, yeah. yeah, there are uh, some voice actors for some podcasts I listen to who who do that, and I never would have known. So I mean, same now that you've got people with iPhones that, or you know, well, any any phone with a camera, that you're just like, what? You, that's just your phone that's in your pocket all the time? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. It's accessible, that's what it is. So it looks like, uh, it looks like me and Debbie agreed on a couple of these last ones. So my narrative pick was uh, Ministry of Broadcast, and that's because it's basically 1984, the game. And if you're familiar with that, then uh, you, you might want to get into this uh, reality show of fascism fascism that is ministry of broadcast it's very uh ultra violent uh ultra depressing and generally just it tells its story in in such a good way um with a a very intriguing pixel art style that uh i really felt it and it was one of those games that you know has to have a, a second or third ending and it did but you could actually replay that in like 30 seconds so i went ahead and did it and it was very satisfying um, because it's it's basically at the end of the game you're you're going to either side with uh, side with the evildoers or you're uh, or you're not you're going to reject it and uh, resist and that's that's never a good ending um, <laughs> but it's super fun uh, for for the uh, for the type of story it's telling it's actually very intriguing and very funny. Um, Debbie, did you end up getting a, a narrative one? Uh, no, because uh, as I said, I was trying to keep it with like the this and last year, like kind of in that sort of zone. And I gotcha. really didn't play any 
narrative games. Like I don't like single player experiences are games that I prefer to watch rather than play. So um, I didn't really have anything. I guess I could uh, count the Halo campaign as like a narrative. I don't think it was that good of a narrative to mention in the subject, but I mean, it is a game that I have seen narrative of, so I, I could put it there, but I'm not going to. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it blank for me there. Um, but I am going to segue that into my performance, uh, which is Jen Taylor for the weapon in the Halo Infinite campaign. Y'all, I don't know. Like, first of all, Jen Taylor is one of my favorite voice actresses anyway, because she was like my favorite portrayal of Princess Peach. So there's that. But I, I don't know what she what she put in her tea for this performance of the weapon. <laughs> because I that whole campaign, I was just I was like, Cortana, who? Cortana what? <laughs> Cortana when? By the end of the campaign, I ended up retracting that question uh, for reasons. That's all I'm going to say. But, um, gosh, I was just rooting for her the whole time. I was like, I love the weapon. She ain't even got no name. It's the weapon. Even for somebody that's been with Jen Taylor for 20 years in games, the fact that she can absolutely pull off Cortana, Dr. Halsey, and the weapon... They're all three clearly different people, even though obviously story choices are like, yo, they're kind of the same person. Um, like the, it's it's wild, and yeah, I I uh, since since I originally put Pan Am in the performance, uh, I didn't play Halo campaign at that point. So yes, once <laughs> once you put Jen Taylor, I was like, oh shit, yep, that's absolutely the choice here. <laughs> Um, because yeah, the weapon is completely different, uh, but still like a cozy character that you want to, that you want to, like, you want to protect. Yes. That and... was like my whole thing the whole, throughout the whole campaign. I was just like, I must protect. <laughs> yeah, even, even though you're called the weapon and you are actually the most useful thing in the universe. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and that leads into, uh, at least for me, my character was Samus Aran, um, because, if we're gonna go with strong uh, female protagonists, holy shit! Um, this was Samus better than we've ever seen. Um, a lot of people are just like oh, zero suit Samus. She's so hot, but like, no, <laughs> like she goes oh, through. Yes, the, she's more than. That. I mean, yeah, but she goes through the full range of what I'd like to say is the the Ripley effect. Um, Ellen Ripley from Alien, just her turn into aliens, just fucking rage and because her because she actually is such an homage uh to ellen ripley literally and figuratively if you if you look back into um into what the the developers had said in previous metroid games and stuff like that uh as ellen ripley has the this whole child situation in aliens uh samus has that with the baby metroid and all these different things come together and Metroid Dread is Samus's angry phase, and it's fantastic. Uh, she really gets to to pull off something that we hadn't truly seen, like we always felt was bubbling underneath uh, of her suit. So, yeah. Yeah, I chose her for my character too because, like, all of the things that you said, but also this is also the most relatable that we've ever seen, Samus. Like, you know, she's always been kind of like that intimidating sort of figure that, like, a, like a role model that you would look up to, but to the degree that seemed unattainable. But even though other M trying to like humanize her and failed miserably, 
you know, Metroid Dread really got the human element of of Samus right. Because we're always just used to her being this, like, almost like an operative weapon, sort of. And not in the same fashion as, you know, the weapon. But, like, she's just, like, this cool, calm, collected cucumber of a bounty hunter. But we never really got to see or know Samus. Um, And I think that Metroid Dread really, really put their best foot forward when it came to representing her as a character rather than just, like, a caricature. Exactly. Also, fun fact about Samus, when she was first incepted, there was like an interview about the character designer for her that was like, Samus has a birthmark and only I know where it is. Ha <laughs> ha And it's always been on her cheek. Always. Which we found out later, like during her zero suit, her zero suit like renders and everything. I don't know when it actually first appeared like in, in visual design that we knew. But the way that he was behaving made it seem like it was like on her butt or something. But nope, it was just her little beauty mark on her cheek. But he was just like, oh, you never know. I'll never tell. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, this is hyperbole. He didn't say it like that, but you know what I mean. Debbie makes a game and does the same thing. It's like, ah, well. Ah, Richard Horvitz is just amazing. Oh my gosh, chat can't hear me because uh, my cat was meowing super loud, so I muted my mic. Um, oops. Hello. Uh, no, so everybody's gotten a shot <laughs> at this category. So the community said their favorite uh, narrative is Psychonauts 2 and Deathloop. Favorite character is Raz from Psychonauts. Thank you, chat, by the way. And Anton Castillo from Far Cry 6. And favorite performance was Richard Stephen Horvitz as Raz from Psychonauts 2. And Lord Chrome said Forza Horizon 5, which leads me to believe that he just meant that it runs well. Like their performance (laughs) performance goes well. I'm going to have to tell him about this later. (laughs) Um, But uh, let's see. So that was all our character stuff. Uh, here's a fun category. So we've got uh, demos, free-to-play games, and memes up next. So I would like to start this one out because it was demo, a demo. Uh, I think it's also free-to-play, and the whole game is a meme. We watched Carlos during Extra Life play MrClean.exe. And boy, that game sure was technically a video game. Um, it was something. <laughs> There was no soundtrack to that game. There was no real sound at all. Uh, it was really unsettling. Um, Carlos, do you want to talk about that masterpiece? Masterpiece, just briefly. Uh, so I actually looked up the uh, second ending uh, on YouTube because I just didn't know what the fuck was what. I, what was I supposed to do? Uh, and it is literally one little dialogue thing that you have to force by just like clicking on Mister Clean for a bit. Um, there, there is a small bit of audio and it's uh it's both when you splatter the crows as well as when you actually get to the ending there's a mr clean like a really gravelly scary horror <laughs> song that they made for the for the game and yeah it's it's 
it is a masterpiece uh when you when you think about how indie it is but uh yeah it's it's definitely a free to play game that uh people should just check out for for shits and giggles at the very least yeah uh it was really goofy so you found that on itch.io right yeah. Uh there yeah. yeah, there were a lot of choices. Itch itch.io is like the wild west of free games. Uh not everything on there is free, but there are a lot of free things. Um I would say an honorable mention for me, uh just somewhere in this category. Uh there's one night, there's a Friday night, I was on Discord with uh Armad Stars and Ben Jamitable. And we all wanted to play something, but we didn't know what we wanted to play and we didn't want to pay for anything. So we go to the Steam library and we find this game called Muck. And it's technically described as a survival game, uh, but that is the most early access game I've ever played, by far. That game was was barely a video game, um, but we had such a good time playing it because the whole thing was so busted. Um, just you're running around. I mean, it, it looks like a game that your your 11 year old cousin might make in 2021. Um, but that was such a that a funny time. Terrible game. Had a blast playing it. Um, so I I'd like to do more of that stuff in the future, and that's part of the reason I wanted to have this free to play category. Uh, it's because there's there's so much out there to to play for free. Whether it's like Game Pass isn't free, but you get a ton of stuff on it. But there are properly free things everywhere. It's just the quality of those games is dramatically different. So on one hand, you've got Mr. Clean.exe and this Muck game. I just I mentioned but on the other side uh halo infinite's multiplayer is completely free you don't need a subscription anywhere um you don't even need game pass you just need a system to play it on um so so that's wild to me so honestly my i mean i put mr clean on here but really halo infinite is easily the best free to play game and it's almost not fair because it's a, a such a huge title that it's tough to compare it. You know, it's apples to oranges compared to a lot of uh, other free-to-play games. Uh, and then I'll just knock this out. Uh, my favorite meme of the year were all the It's About Family, Brian. Uh, all those memes, the Vin Diesel memes, the Fast and Furious memes. Man, those had me cracking up. And they even, they lasted for a few weeks where I kept seeing new ones. And I'm just like, surely. I mean, it's, it's because it took over Nerd Meets Life. So <laughs> Yeah, it did very easily oh <laughs> uh, i just i can't believe i didn't get tired of those um i just kept seeing new ones and i was just losing it um, but i enjoyed that get through the year with memes baby but how about you guys we got all these meme uh categories that's what these are um i'll 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 run through mine real quick uh demos i really enjoyed my demo time uh with road 96 uh i still have not played that game at all uh, but the demo was was a good time. I enjoyed it very much. Um, free to play game, uh, Halo Infinite, very good choice as well. I I always forget that that's what that is. It's free to play. Um, but mine is MTG Arena. I got into that uh, semi recently, and they give you a whole lot of stuff for free. Um, so that's a very and it's very fun if you like uh, card games or you like Magic the Gathering. That's uh, that's a good one. Uh, memes, I, I didn't think of one until just now. Uh, uh, AEW Wrestling, they, they've been having this sign thing happen where uh, people are writing like video game thoughts down on signs and holding them up, uh, and they will get caught on camera. Um, a lot of them are like, um, 
remake uh uh remake uh super mario and the seven stars or whatever you cowards like that that like those kind of things like or or it'll be like um oh i don't know uh dragon warrior uh is clearly better than persona or like you know what i mean like stuff like that just like um video game hot takes uh, that then end up making the rounds on uh, Twitter and stuff that are being held up by wrestling fans at wrestling shows. They're, and it's hilarious. Um, the first one I saw, I was like, I cannot believe that. I think I sent it to the group. I was like, uh, you guys got to see this. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, those, that, that'd be my meme. Uh, this, when, I, when I Googled funny AEW signs, because I know what you're talking about. I knew I'd find something. Yeah. This one is the worst Fire Emblem game is better than the best Paper Mario. Yes, exactly. Like, oh man, <laughs> about, somebody's about to fight. <laughs> Those are fighting words. It's really good. But they're um, not wrong fighting words, but I still want to throw some hands. <laughs> it's yeah. really funny. Why would you say something so controversial and so brave? <laughs> uh, for my category here, I have demos. Um, I recently had the great fortune of playing in the Multiverses demo, which for the uninitiated is the uh, Warner Brothers platform fighter, quote unquote Smash clone, because people don't understand the term genre uh-huh. fighter. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. And y'all, this game might be the Smash killer that people are looking for, because I, I only had a couple of hours with it, but I... Y'all know how I like get addicted to games like really easily and then throw my whole soul into it and then also just never am seen again for like a month. Wait, which, which one of us are you talking about? I'm just going to actually, jo- I'm going to tron into the game. That's how much, <laughs> <laughs> that's how good it is. Dude, that's which fun. character are you going to be? That's the question. Uh, so, I can't say because the NDA, I'm not even sure if I can even talk about the fact that I played in the demo but like the NDA is like if you go check my tweets I've been kind of circumventing it with like (laughs) uh with you know best choice name versions of things yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) Halloween costume uh so far I've really 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 been enjoying faceless girl from wolf house um she's she sure is something that's that's all that's all I can say yeah but y'all, when this game Makes comes sense, out, yeah. I'm actually going to be keeping on a lookout for like the next session, because uh, hopefully they'll do one of those things where it's like, play with your friends. Here's some codes. I can like get some people in there because this game, oh god, it's it's so good. The the combat system and other systems that they have that I don't think I can mention. Uh, I'm sorry, I can't talk about it more because I want to so bad, but it's so good. So that's my demo um, category is multiverses. Free to play. Um, I'm gonna just throw it out there. Century Age of Ashes. Please, please, please. It's free to play. Pick it up. It's it's how to train your dragon, but violent. Like but violent. I, I I don't know what more I could say about Century of Ashes that hasn't been uh, expressed already. But it is it's it's a lot of fun. They're always coming out with new content. Like I said, they came out with that new mode, and it's, it's just, just it's just fun to. It's like watching uh, the Spider-Man games. You I I don't even care what's going on in the missions. I mean, the missions in Spider-Man are great, so don't sleep on those. But just watching Lizzie zip around the city, I'm like, man, I'm just cool with this. Like, I'm just cool with watching you jump off buildings and fly around and do flips and shit. Like, that's cool with me. Watching you fly around on the dragons, I'm like, I don't know what the objectives are, but this looks great. I'm here for it. 
And like, it's really the the music in it is really intense too. Like the the very first time I played and like the the end of round music was like welling up and stuff. I was like, oh my God, my heart, it's beating so fast. Like, I felt like I was watching an action movie, like a Marvel movie. It was that level of like palpitations. So like, I, it's it can get really intense. Um, and all that for free. Heck yeah. That's right. Um, and then memes, I didn't have anything written down, but I was talking in chat uh, earlier uh, with Odysseus and um, I was reminded of the Animal Crossing and Doom fusion memes where like Isabelle and, and Doom Guy were all hanging out all the time because they were being released on the same day. And those they were just so much fun. Just that whole era of cute little sweet little innocent Isabelle, but like in hell. <laughs> like with her machine gun and then, you know, grr, arg, doom guy, but like in pastoral, you know, bucolic Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it was such a good a good time. It was. Uh, my quick ones, uh, nothing much on the memes, uh, but my banner, if anybody's seen my Twitter banner, it's uh, woman too angry to die. It's just a really funny screenshot of Samus, and and it's it's really apt if you finish the game. So, uh, not going into it further on that one. Uh, demos I put unsighted. Unsighted is one of the best games that a lot of people haven't played yet this year. It recently came out. Uh, it hit Game Pass, so definitely check it out. But the demo on Switch was like two or three hours long. I played it for two and a half hours, and I wasn't finished with it. So just one of those uh demos that really hit me because like am i going to be able to play the entire game maybe <laughs> um and of course free to play games halo infinite because i am not going to stop playing that uh ever so there we go no road 96 was a good one uh i watched you demo that i watched demo duo play it uh and then there were at least two other people uh the mad bomber and someone else I watched each of them play Road 96 at different places, like some people at the very beginning, some people a couple hours in. Um, And the fact that that game has all these branching narratives, you know, if you do this, then that happens. Uh, But after you play for a while and you know a character a little bit better, something different might happen. Um, That was really a joy to watch. That was, um, yeah, just, just a nice game to spectate because I got to basically see a different game each time I watched. Like I would see familiar characters, but different stuff was happening each time. I appreciated that. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Ba, ba, ba. I think that's everything, huh? Yeah. I think so. Okay, so demo free-to-play memes. Let's see. Uh, chat said uh, nothing for demos, but for free-to-play Halo Infinite Magic the Gathering Arena. And uh, for memes, uh, Joseph Hyde said uh, Deep Rock Galactic. He shared one. Uh, about the loot bugs that Carlos, like you, when I first saw it, I was like, what am I looking at? And then once he said it, I'm just like, oh, right, right, right. Uh, from Deep Rock Galactic, where the, the characters are all memes. They're constantly yelling out goofy dwarven shit. <laughs> Rock and stone! Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So next we've got debut game, indie game, and VR gamer experience. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to so keep I, this simple. I want to throw mine in because I only have one for this whole category because I didn't really understand a debut game and I don't really play a lot of indie games, so I didn't have anything for that one. Um, my VR experience uh, nomination, well, you know, pick is Space Pirate Trainer. Uh, it's a very classic arcade shooter wherein you are um, a space pirate and it's training you. So, hence the title. 
and you have different tools at your disposal, which you can um, access by, like there's a shield on your back that you actually like pull your shield out, um, which then also turns into a lightning morning star, I guess is the easiest way to describe it. It's like a whip, but like with a electric ball of spikes at the end or whatever, which you can use to like bash all the bots and stuff. Um, but it's real, the real draw is that when you move, like your actual movements in real life influence your movements in the game. So like you're being barraged by all these, you know, space robots and um, you can actually like either reflect their bullets with a shield or with the, the baton end of the electric whip, or you can physically dodge the bullets, which depending on where you are is the more dangerous option. But if you're careful, you should be fine. Uh, <laughs> but you enter like this bullet time slow-mo kind of state whenever you're dodging and it feels so satisfying. Uh, and the music is, is pretty, is pretty bitchin. Like it's like very 80s synthy techno. Uh, super duper cool classic arcade shooter, Space Pirate Trainer. And it's available on all VR platforms, I'm pretty sure. Like Beat Saber, I would have said Beat Saber if Facebook didn't own Beat Saber and therein like rob other people of being able to play it unless they specifically have an Oculus. Um, otherwise, I would have made that my pick. But I wanted to pick something that anybody could play regardless of what platform they had. So Space Pirate Trainer. That, that's it. Uh, mine's easiest two that I've already mentioned for debut. Uh, Inscription's really my favorite, uh, but Carrion as well. Those are both games that it's a debut, right? So it's the first of its IP. Um, it's not a sequel or or in a, an existing franchise. So yeah, both Inscription and Carrion are both very unique, and I I'm really hoping for a Carrion two. It seems like they have to come out with the second one. I don't see how they wouldn't. Um, but I I definitely want to see that. Uh, Indie game, I mean, it, it's the same thing for me. Um, and then for uh, VR, I, I barely played any VR this year, uh, but it's probably back to uh, Beat Saber, honestly. Beat Saber are super hot. Played those a little bit at the beginning of the year. Um, if you like, if you like uh, super hot, actually, since since because you like uh, Beat Saber and super hot, I think you would like a game called Pistol Whip, which is basically a love child of the Yeah. Game. Yep, I've seen that. I know I would like that. Uh, I just need to get in a place uh, that's big enough to support VR kid. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, you, Chris? Yeah, I I just realized that uh, I wrote Inscription for debut game, and Daniel Mullins has released two games before Inscription, so I cannot put it as a debut game. Um, so I'm putting uh, Kana Bridge of Spirits uh, in there. Uh, debut from Ember Lab. Real good. Fantastic stuff. Um, indie game, I went ahead and, uh, did Death's Door. Uh, that game is fantastic. Uh, that was, like, before I beat Inscription, that was, I think, the only game I actually finished this year. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that's, uh, going for me. And then VR gaming experience, this is one that, uh, I got the, uh, I got the, the PlayStation VR last year. Uh, around Christmas time, I believe, uh, or something like that. I, I can't remember. Uh, but uh, one that uh, family and I always go back to is Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Oh, uh, so good. Such a good game. The game rules. I also get very, like, angry about it as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like I'll start yelling at people. It's like, what are you talking about? That doesn't even make any sense. What are you saying? Try to say the thing you're trying to say. <laughs> 
because it's Just not read it's the a, instructions it's, <laughs> right yeah it's a game it's a game that uh you have to be a pretty good communicator in order to get through um and if you're not well it's tough you explode <laughs> you explode you blow up so those are mine all right. Um, my debut debut game is Sable, and that's because uh, Shedworks is the developer, and it's two people. So they they put out a whole lot of work into uh, making that beautiful world. And uh, VR game, I didn't really have one. Uh, indie game though, Space Warlord Organ Trader Simulator. Fantastic. I had to wild. keep looking up if that was the actual name because I was like, it's a bunch of these yeah. words. I don't know which ones are real or which ones I made up. Yeah, uh, all you game passers, I'm I'm going to continue talking about this one just like you guys are with Inscription until I play through the seventh ending. Um, it's it's super good. It's really just all about uh, what it's like to be a trader uh, in the stock market in real life, uh, assumedly, um, but way funnier. And uh, it's it's organs and alien organs and. Uh, one of one of the traders that you actually have to actively fight against is a dog. So, if you want a an incredibly funny game that's just so much writing, it's really just just incredibly fast point and click uh, gameplay. Try it out. It's it's on Game Pass. Just just do it, and it's super quick. Super. Uh, it's not easy, but it, it it's over with pretty soon. T- title, nice. title of a sex game. Uh, <laughs> uh, that if that's everybody, I think, right? Uh, so debut, Andy, and VR. Let's see. Uh, debut, the uh, community said Forgotten City for Indy. We got Deep mm. Rock Galactic, and for VR, we got Beat Saber. Solid. Forgotten City is a good shot. I've heard that's really good. Uh, so we're going to keep scooting forward. I know, uh, Carlos, you're trying to go see Spider Man, so I got to. I got a scoot here. Yeah, you do. Uh, let's see. Influential game, accessible game, and strides towards excel- accessibility and representation. Uh, so, Carlos, you're really you're, you're king of this category. Yeah, uh, I'll bust through these real fast. Uh, accessible game, uh, Halo Infinite. Uh, I heard that Forza had a lot of uh, options on accessibility, but I didn't play it, actually. So, uh, Halo Infinite, for me, does have uh, just an a wild array of things that you can change in settings, uh, no matter what you're feeling. Uh, if you're sucking, then go into the settings. You might find something that works out for you. Uh, completely different if you just go in there. Uh, influential game. It's a it's a funny one because uh, I finally played Axiom Verge this year, completed it, um, and it just so happens to be one of the most influential uh, games in the Metroidvania genre, and that's that's why it's on this part of the list for me. And then representation and uh, strides toward representation is Boyfriend Dungeon because I, I've talked about the game plenty, but uh, you are uh, not only dealing with a, a whole different uh, kind of cast of characters that you've not really gotten to see in many games before, but you're interacting with them and making a whole lot of choices uh, narratively um, that's just really refreshing. Um, and I, I mean, when when a game tries as hard as it does, to be representative of a lot of communities, uh, whether that's you know orientation or uh, anything like that, really, it's it's just a it was really impactful this year, 
Um, and it also had a, a whole lot of conversations that it started, uh, which I could definitely get into later. <laughs> but, yeah, I'd say uh, Halo Infinite as well. There were a ton of accessibility options. And uh, as soon as the game came out, um, Steve Taylor, the blind gamer, I, it's, mm. I am so... Taylor. Steve yeah. Sailor, okay. I, I mix his name up with uh, Stephen Spawn. Um, so Steve Sailor did uh, a video on the accessibility for him as a mostly blind gamer um, for all of the different things in there that like the customization settings, uh, whether it's the way things look, the way things sound, you can mess with your field of view, uh, little things like when you sprint, you can see the whizzing of the wind by you to show you that you're sprinting. Uh, a bunch of stuff like that. Yeah, Halo has a, a whole lot of options. And even today when I was playing, I found a new option that I hadn't used before that's going to make it a lot easier for me to play. Um, I can't remember when I played The Last of Us 2. I don't remember if that was earlier this year or a year and a half ago, honestly. It was sometime during the pandemic. Um, <laughs> but uh, that that's a game that got a lot of praise for its accessibility options. There's a ton, more than any game I think I've ever played. Um, so that was a really good one, too. Um, yeah, and I'm really excited to jump into Deathloop because, yeah, those two main characters, man, dripping with personality. I can't wait to hear more yeah. of that. Uh, but it's and nice that's... to... Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's just nice to have, uh, like, two, two protagonists that don't feel like token characters, but they also, like, mm -hmm. they feel actually unique in a whole bunch of ways, and, and like, they... They they deserve praise not just because they're like not just white men all the time. Uh, we've yeah. had a lot of stuff lately, whether it's like Arcane on Netflix uh, or this or uh, Deathloop, but a lot of things that are like when you when you have such a high bar of quality for the content that you're making, there you get rid of the idea that uh, that you're being inclusive just to be inclusive. Instead, it feels like the best person got the job because they're clearly kicking ass. Like they're doing a great job um, because the quality is so high. So like it, it, it does justice to the people involved because the overall quality is nice. And it's really nice to see a lot of things in, in the gaming sphere doing that more and more and more. So that we're not just talking about like one thing that's really good. We're talking about a lot of things that are really good uh, with representation and accessibility. Um, yeah, we we've seen a lot of that in the past couple of years, so I'm excited to play more yeah. than more of Deathloop because, like I said, I'm only a few hours in. Yeah, I was uh, the only one I had for these this grouping was Deathloop uh, specifically for strides towards accessibility representation. Uh, the two uh, POC leads, like that's that's a that's a it doesn't seem like that's a big deal, but it's a big deal. You know, <laughs> like uh, it shouldn't be like as rare as as it is but uh it's really cool that they did that and the, the game's awesome too so well uh wasn't it designed by people of color like i remember watching yep. award ceremony and, I, and they went up there to accept the reward uh and mm -hmm. you know i was like oh it was designed yeah, the, by people of color. the lead director yeah uh from arcane studios yeah, yeah the was, whole arcane uh, team is uh very representative of a wide variety of cultures they're pretty, uh, pretty amazing. It's it's like the good, the good things that would come out of some something like uh, 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 Ubisoft Montreal. It's 
the the culture behind it technically uh, is really fantastic what they brought together at arcane mm-hmm. looks good for xbox that's all i gotta say i just wish twitch <laughs> didn't drop the ball when it came to the marketing for the game but that's a whole nother story for maybe not another time actually because i'm i'm still mad about it i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> like wait wait uh, uh, do you want to talk about Knockout City? I, have, I do, I do. Uh, the reason I have chosen Knockout City is because, uh, first of all, it's done by Velen Studios, which is like a very small studio. Their only other game that they had ever made or worked on uh, was the Mario Kart li- real life one. What's it called? Live live tour? I can't remember oh, what it's called. Home Circuit or something? Home like Circuit, that. something like that. Yeah. I don't know. But they that was their previous endeavor. And now they have this one, uh, Knockout City. But the thing about Knockout City is that you could literally be whoever you want in that. You can be like whatever skin tone, um, any clothes that you want to wear. They're not uh, bound by presentation. So like uh, masculine, feminine, like none of those, any kind of, uh, you know, nomenclatures, none of that is bound to your body type or anything like that. There's multiple body types um, and they have uh, profile pictures that are like all of the different orientation flags, um, all of the different, uh, they have like a whole bunch of like Black Lives Matter movement uh, flags and stuff in there. They they make a really, really pointed effort to uplift marginalized voices and perspectives. And to me, that's something that's one of the uh, reasons I was so drawn to it was because of that. Um, you could really, really represent yourself however you want in that game. And uh, it it actively encourages it. So that's why I chose it for um, strides towards uh, accessibility representation. Mm-hmm. Bet. Uh, so let's see. We've got the community answers. Uh, influential game we heard was Quake uh, that somebody played this year. And then for strides towards uh, representation was Ghost of Tsushima, which I know mm. uh, got a lot of press last year for its accurate representation of the actual island and history of Tsushima. Um, right. Which is really cool. Uh, there's that. And Carlos, there was a game that came out a while ago that had like somewhere somewhere in I think Eastern Asia whatever game it was like it actually approached the culture where this had taken place like this remote place and gotten feedback on the game do you remember what I'm talking about because you were the one who told me I think you're talking about Never Alone Um, but that's the exact same thing that happened with Tsushima Uh, the actual place recognized Sucker Punch for their yeah. efforts. Uh, and that's outstanding. Um, but yeah, it's... Ghost of Tsushima was a Sucker Punch game. Yeah. yeah. yeah that explains a lot. That, yeah, that's they, a beautiful game. That, they that's... actually got recognized by the place. They actually went over there and accepted an award for it, and it's it's amazing. Oh, Yeah, that's super cool. Uh, so let's see, what's next? We've got a role-playing game, Simulation Strategy, and Slow Burner Endless. Um, let's say the the slow burner endless. So this is very similar to me for my comfort food game. Uh, so what I wrote down here is slay the spire, uh, with an honorable mention of of don't starve. Um, maybe don't starve should go here. I I don't know. Later we have comfort food, and the trouble with don't starve is that that is not a relaxing game. It's a fun game, but. It's not relaxing at all. The whole time you're just trying not to die. You're constantly on your way towards dying. 
Um, but I've played a bunch of that uh, over the past few years and, and picked it up a lot over during uh, over the pandemic. Uh, but mm. Slay the Spire, I've played Slay the Spire. If you just counted like how many days of the year that I've played it, it's my most played game this year. Uh, I just keep coming back to it. I keep trying new things. I keep discovering combinations of cards that I've I've never seen before. Uh, Slay the Spire is the card game that got me into those kinds of card games. Like I played Hearthstone, um, but as far as a roguelike, uh, Slay the Spire was the original, and it continues to hold up the test of time even with no additional content. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Uh, I I told you I picked up FTL Faster Than Light a few weeks ago a couple weeks ago, and I lost an entire week of time. I just played... I, I don't even want to look up the hours I spent during one week playing that. Um, but again, it's a roguelike. Uh, roguelikes are, are... Roguelikes and survival games are my favorite genres. Um, so as far as endless games go, they take the cake, but I sure... I love that genre. Um, and anytime anybody's got recommendations, hit me up. Uh... Yeah, for sure. Uh, my role-playing game that I played this year uh, was Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, I believe that came out on Game Pass during like some event this year. Um, and so I played that. It was very good. Uh, I never got. I didn't finish it. There's so much to do in that game, but it was really good the, the time that I spent with it. Uh, simulation or strategy, I put inscription. Uh, there is a, a strategy to that game. Um, uh, and I very much enjoyed it. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Slowburner slash Endless. I have Curse of the Dead Gods, which is a really fun, um, uh, what you, like roguelike uh, style game. Uh, that's, I'm sure there is an actual end to it, uh, but I'm not sure exactly <laughs> what that entails. But it's, it's one of those just uh, keep going on runs, keep going on runs, keep going on runs kind of game. Um, and it's really good. Uh, it came out this year. I feel like it just was kind of um, not talked about enough, but it is a really good um, one of those. If you if you have played Hades and you're like, I want something like that, uh, you should play Curse of the Dead Gods. It's also on Game Pass. So, you yeah. know, hooray Game Pass. Um, I've got... Let me see where we at. The role-playing... Okay, yeah. Um, I have... For my role-playing game, I have Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, uh, which is only very loosely a role-playing game. Uh, it's more of a monster tamer than anything, uh, but that's the one that I have for this category just because it's the one that I've been playing a lot recently. Like, my my Nintendo stats came out or whatever. And because, uh, you know, they send you like a base, basically like a Spotify wrap, uh, you know, every year of the games that you've been playing, how long you've been playing and everything. and Shining Pearl only came out toward the end of last month, and it's already in my top three played video games of the year on Nintendo. Oh, wow. Uh, so that's how much, like, it's all of my gaming for November and all of my gaming for December. That's how much I've been playing it. Uh, so I was, you know, I have to put this here. There's, like, there's no other way. There's no I, there's no other game <laughs> that I could yeah. put here. Um, so I have Pokemon uh, Shining Pearl for that. Strategy games I don't really play. I kind of thought about putting Pokemon Unite here because technically, since it is a MOBA, it is a strategy game. But then I thought more like turn-based strategy games like Fire Emblem or uh, Into the Breach or things like that. So I put Faster Than Light here, FTL. Uh, so, I mean, for no other reason than it's a really good game. Like, you can keep coming back to it. 
it's a nice strategy game to play and one you can afk to as i said earlier Dude, that so that uh, game came out in 2012 but if you told me it came out this year i'd believe you like it's timeless yeah it's good into the breach on the other hand mm. yeah i like that game uh i since into the breach was made second i was nervous going back to ftl because i just thought it would be a, a worse version right um it's not it's not they're they're very similar in a lot of ways but uh into the breach is more like chess where ftl just that slow burn of slow burns like that mm -hmm. that game solid and it's exciting too it's a lot more uh actiony than uh than, uh into the breach that's for sure uh i hate to do this i hate to do this y'all but we have like 15 minutes left so we really gotta push through these last few categories pretty quickly we're almost done i think we're almost do done it. okay um for my slow burner um i did originally have slay the spire but then i changed it to risk of rain 2 because that's a game that i've actually played because i just watched mm. bowser play slay the spire so i know everything about like the narrative and the story and the heart and all the characters and all that whatnot but i don't really have a connection to it like i do risk of rain 2 mm. um and an honorable mention for that that i would have is a spelunky because while I haven't played Spelunky 2, I've watched it play it and the way that it recreates the Spelunky experience while also providing something new um, is really good. It's like spot on. I'm so, like, even though we waited so long for Spelunky 2, it was definitely worth it. I like that one. That's all. Uh, Chris, okay. how about you? Uh, for, I already did mine. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so, minor, minor, super quick. Uh, for sim and strategy, I played just about twenty hours of Wargroove this year after playing a hundred before. So uh, I think everybody should, at this point, know my love of Wargroove. Uh, Role-playing game, Tales of Arise. Uh, I have yet to complete it, so uh, Steve can keep ribbing me for uh, not really saying anything else about the game <laughs> besides that it's uh, about uh, civil war uh, of of sorts and slavery. So, and, and uh, but when play. I when I do finish it, I will tell you guys about everything and exactly why I love it. But it's it's gonna be perfect. And I did not play an endless game because fuck that shit. I play a <laughs> lot of games. Yeah, you play. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think your backlog could take it. Oh my gosh, no, it's like no, March and no. and Carlos is like, all right, I've only completed eighteen games. I gotta pick up the pace to reach my goal. I'm like, excuse me. If I beat two games this year, I'll be happy. I'm only at like 33 right now, so I got to step that shit up. <laughs> oh lord, you got you got about 15 days. Uh, let's see. So, what did the community say? Uh, Divinity: Original Sin is the community's favorite role-playing game. Uh, and we didn't hear a whole lot of input on this other stuff, but I know Mr. Jerp uh, is playing Slay the Spire just like I am. Uh, we talk about it in Discord on a regular basis. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, next, so we've got the category to itself, our favorite gaming moments and memories from the year. Carlos, you want to start this one? Uh, yeah, mine's a quick and easy one as well. We saw this on my extra on the Extra Life stream of Among Us, but uh, Benjaminable winning the Among Us game, despite me being sussed real hard and getting stuck on a fucking ladder three or four separate times uh, as an imposter, uh, that, was, that was a giant win for me. And uh, and for Benjaminable, I don't know how he pulled that off. <laughs> well, actually, I do because Bowser. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he he failed you on that one, but it was great. Uh, that was yeah. The whole extra life weekend was an absolute blast. Um, 
We don't know, it was this, really great. This is uh, a reminder, everybody, uh, especially thanks to Bat's help after Extra Life Weekend, we hit $2,500 raised over the, the course of the week, uh, which is so exciting. We had a ton of people involved in that stream. Um, I wish I had the whole list in front of me because I know I'll forget people, but uh, a lot of you are in here in chat right now, and we really appreciate that. Like, that's... Yes, absolutely. That's over double what we raised last year. Um that's that's wild. But we had a, a lot of great moments during that week. Uh, uh, Benson, he he paid the extra life incentive to get me to play Satisfactory and then bought me the game and sent it to me to ensure that I would play it. And I enjoyed it so much that now Odysseus, Benjaminable, and some other people, we've all jumped in and, and spent some hours in it. Um, I, uh, I, there are so many different things I could say here, uh, but what I'm going to say is I have loved spending time with everybody on Discord this year. Um, yeah. Especially since I, like, not just the pandemic, but I moved the, across the country this year. And so if it wasn't for the internet, I just wouldn't really be talking to anybody. Um, I mean, I talk to you guys, you know, once a week on the podcast and in our group chat, but uh, mm -hmm. to be able to jump into Discord and just hang out and watch other people play, maybe there are five people in chat and we're all playing different games and we're all just chilling doing our own thing um you know the, in the past week multiple times we've had almost like 10 ish people we had like i think we had over 10 people on tuesday on a tuesday night this week and yeah that's been so much fun just spending time with people just having people drop in and out uh whenever they want um really it's been really great for me because like i said i just haven't had a lot of people i don't see anybody put lizzie all day um so it's been so wow, great. Uh, I'm telling. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lizzie. God. <laughs> uh, so it's been really nice to be able to very casually talk to people um, from so far away. So really, um, so many of my favorite moments this year have been in Discord with all of you guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, my favorite moment comes from um, all of us being together, too which is we were watching the Game Awards last Thursday and It Takes Two somehow won Game of the Year. Not and a better game could, than Inscription. You, you could hear the entire world just gasp and throw their hands up like, what? Like, it, oh, it was and, such well, a- Carlos is like- It's like, that's the Game Awards, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to call it like an upset because I mean, obviously it has meritable merits, but like- They're a better game. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that was like everyone like just seeing the reaction on Twitter and everything too. It was just oh, so good. That's oh. my favorite. That was my favorite moment. You know, similar to that, uh in June we watched E3 together. We didn't do a Twitch thing for it, but mm -hmm. we had Discord popping for it. And uh that was so much fun. That's the biggest E3 watch party I've been a part of and it was an absolute blast. That's like those two award shows this year are the most fun I've ever had watching award shows. And I've had some fun times doing that. Yeah, uh, my my gaming moments uh, slash memories are about a little game called Inscription. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. We haven't talked about it at all so far. Yeah. Um, basically, all the big spoilery moments of this, um, and being able to talk to people about them, and like, uh, like just having, like, watching you, Thomas, like go through some of the big changes in the game. Uh, from section to section, watching you do that and seeing your reaction, and vice versa, the other way around, when you and Odysseus would be watching me play it. Um, that uh, 
that game's real special and had some moments that were uh, were very. I can't spoil the game. So anyway, <laughs> play that game. It rules. Uh, yeah. Your favorite part was when redacted happened. To yeah, when, redacted. And yeah. Redacted, redacted happened yeah. to redacted in the redacted <laughs> section of the redacted. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Carlos? Uh, I did mine. So oh my gosh, yes. you already did that one. Yeah, You're right. Sorry, my my brain. <laughs> my brain is, is mush. Uh, let's see. Favorite moment. Uh, Josh Hyde said uh, he's one of the favorite like moments of the year is uh, solidarity against Activision Blizzard and all the total bullshit happening within that yes. company. Um, yes. It's been nice to see. I mean, I am I'm now elaborating on what he said, but uh, it's been really nice to see. Uh, actual movement towards change instead of just a flash in the pan where everybody's mad for about a week and then find something new to be mad about. Um, it is nice to have everybody on the same side of this and continue pushing and, and seeing some sort of result from that. Uh, there are too many times in the games industry and the world at large, uh, people just get really excited. They get really passionate for a short amount of time and then they forget and then nothing happens and then the world moves on. Um, so it has been nice to see tangible change. And it's not over yet, but it's been nice to see solidarity. I can agree with him on, on that front. Uh, next category is uh, competitive multiplayer, which can be anything. I mean, my, mine has got to be, if it's competitive multiplayer, it's Halo Infinite, without a doubt. That first week that came out, I put a stupid amount of hours in there. I mean, the moment that press conference said Halo was live, Mr. Jerp and I had the game downloading. Um, we were in there like minute one. That was a really fun time. Yeah, I'd say mine's either Halo or, or Rogue Company. Yeah, Rogue Company's a good pick. Um, I just put Sentry because, mm -hmm. I mean, Halo was an obvious choice. But I've been having a lot of fun playing competitive Sentry as well. Like, it's surprisingly in-depth. Yeah, I'll end up playing that with you at some point. But Halo, is it is uh, infinite for me as well. The only thing that stopped me from putting Halo Infinite as well is that ranked right now, if you do the crossplay, is just drowning in controller players that have like the most immaculate aim assist, super duper bullet magnetism in the world. Uh, but in yeah. ranked, you can choose. Uh -huh. uh... Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But uh, anyone, <laughs> everyone only ever cares about crossplay rank. So. Yep. Oh, I'll get. I'll get over it. I will. I promise. Uh, and the community <laughs> said Halo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've had a lot of us in there. Makes uh, sense. Yeah. Uh, so then our last couple categories, or our last few coming up, we've got content creators, games adjacent content, and community support. Uh, so my favorite games adjacent content was, uh, I finally started watching Noclip. Um, Noclip mm. is uh, Danny O'Dwyer, who I knew from Giant Bomb. Technically, he's there now, but he really was at GameSpot for he's a long time. GameSpot, yeah. And he was a guest on Giant Bomb content. Well, he is a wonderful dude in, in a lot of ways, very intelligent. And the Noclip documentaries are, they were some of the first uh, highly credible, highly researched video game documentaries that you could find that I certainly found on YouTube. Um, so I finally started to watch those, even though they've been out for like five years now. They've been out for a while. Um, I watched one on Prey earlier this year that has that game way up my list now. Like, um, it seems like that game didn't get the... Uh, attention certainly that that it deserves not for me 
So I would like to play that, and I, I wouldn't have known about that if it wasn't for him. Uh, I also watched one on Chivalry 2, uh, which has me hyped to, to check that game out. But um, yeah, Noclip is a wonderful YouTube channel, and, and y'all should check it out. Yeah, yeah that, Noclip is fantastic. Danny O'Dwyer, fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I think you watched the Prey one this year, Thomas. It was really good. They did ones on Hitman. Uh, that were very good, all leading up until the Hitman 3 release. It was really good. Um, my gaming-adjacent content uh, is MinMax. They are uh, a group of people that uh, came over from Game Informer. When Game Informer started doing a bunch of layoffs, uh, they started their own uh, little company uh, called MinMax. It's M-I-N-N-M-A-X. Um, they are fantastic. Love those people. Um, podcasts shows they do this fantastic show called the deepest dive which they'll pick a game and try to have the most thorough thorough discussion on the internet about it uh with their community and with the people that are there with them like they're they're diving into halo infinite right now so if you want to hear everything there is to hear about halo infinite that's where you go uh and they do a lot of really fun stuff uh, with those deepest dives of like making sure they are not they everybody stops at the same exact time. It's almost like a book club, you know, like mm -hmm. stop when you get to here and then we watch this discussion. And and I I watched it for uh, um, uh, Cyberpunk, which was really great because I got to hear about a lot of the other things that I didn't get to see in that game through that way. And so. what's nice about that, too, because it's a book club. Um if you know where the start and stop points are, like when I play yep. cyberpunk, I could go back to that. And even though that was a year ago, yep. um, I could still participate in my own time and then go and listen to the book club for that section where a lot yeah, of games sure. coverage is, is like very much in the moment as the mm -hmm. whole world's discovering it. Um, that's nice that that content can be enjoyed after the fact. Well, Carlos, what time is your showing of Spider-Man? Uh, ten o'clock, but okay. uh, it's it's inching ever closer. We're, yes, we're it sure is. <laughs> I don't have anything for these categories because I couldn't bear to have people. You know, I couldn't I couldn't choose any favorites. I didn't want to sick people <laughs> against each other. You know. Um, also, I didn't want the answer to end up just being us, because I'm very biased <laughs> in that way. <laughs> so um, I I don't have anything for these categories, but I will say for gaming adjacent, I almost put down uh, G4 since it's back now on mm. YouTube and Twitch, Monday through Friday, they're doing their streaming like an actual show. Um, but I haven't watched enough of it yet to gauge how I properly feel about it, so I didn't. But honorable mention, I guess? Yeah, I can't tell if I, if I still like Adam Sessler or not, or if that was just a thing when I was younger. Uh, yeah. I think he's like Mark Hamill. As long as you keep him in a narrow focus and don't listen to a lot of his fringe opinions, then he's the guy you remember. Well, it's just like his edits on his reviews and stuff right now. I'm like... Mm -hmm. That's not really that funny. Uh, you know, those kind of things. But Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and just a heads up on that. Uh, I found Philo TV the other day. It's another streaming service. And X-Play is one of the channels. Or uh, G4 is one of the channels that they have on there. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you ever want to check out something like that, Philo has like a 30-day trial. So, um, But for my games adjacent content, I put... But why though? Uh, a, geek, a geek community. And that is... Uh, headed up by our lovely ex-podcast guest, Kate Sanchez, who does some really uh, outstanding review work. Um, recently, 
joined. Oh man, I'm gonna forget. I completely forget the review, uh, the certified review board that she joined. But oh, yeah, uh, like CVAs or whatever. Yeah, uh, but she's definitely moving up in the world uh, of of criticism, and so definitely. Uh, but why though is looking up and up. Uh, I really enjoy reading the. Like, they've got tons of stuff on anime and movies, as well as games. Lots of great discussion, and their Discord is usually pretty popping too. Um, for community support, uh, just a, a quick one, but a very valuable one to me. Um, look up Mzietty. That's M X I E T Y. Uh, she does a lot on Twitter, but uh, she has a, a really great uh, Twitch stream as well. Uh, that she has pretty often that is all about uh, advocating for mental health. Um, if you check out her stuff, it's very clear um, what she's trying to do, and she's a, a very helpful person that is in a, a whole lot of accessibility communities as well. Uh, just generally a, a really good positive force out there that um, provides something that you really don't see enough of in the gaming uh, industry. So uh, check her out. Um, and then as far as uh, content creators, I put our very own demo duo because um, I, I love watching uh, Cram and Doppel uh, play the games that they do. And they, they play just as many uh, games as I do. So uh, they go there, uh, like we rated somebody the other day and, and she's like, wow, you guys, you guys are true variety streamers. <laughs> so um, it was really funny because she couldn't pin down exactly who they were. <laughs> It's like, yeah, that whenever your whole point is to uh, try new things and uh, let your community make those choices for you, it's it's a really great thing. Uh, and and their uh, their personalities are fantastic as well. And they they butt heads as appropriately as they should. Uh, it's a really fun time to be in their chat. Yeah, you can tell that they they're they've been friends for a long time. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I looked up to. Uh, the organization Kate just was uh, inducted into, and it is the HCA, the Hollywood go. Critics Association. So congrats on that, Kate. Yay. Fantastic. Uh, my, uh, my winner for uh, content creator is uh, Stream Noodles. He, uh, I think he was my number one watched on my Twitch wrapped, I want to say. Uh, regardless of what those stats say, I feel like I I've had Stream Noodles up on my monitor a lot this year. Um, and stream noodles is somebody that Lizzie and I both like to watch and tune into just very upbeat, constructive all the time, um, plays a bunch of, well, like a wide variety of games, whether it's like nostalgia ones, like, uh, Ocarina of time, or he played a game called Fran bow that I had never heard of, but a lot of other people recognized it. Um, it's a point and click game yeah. from some number of years ago. Um, and it's stuff like that, that I get to see, these things I never would have seen otherwise, or, or you know, whatever. It's just like a comfort stream. Anytime I tune in, um, every it's so inviting. Um, it's always good vibes, and and I really appreciate that. Uh, also, Stream Noodles has been tremendously helpful on helping me learn how to use uh, OBS Studio. Like, I still have a lot to learn, but every time that I've had trouble, he has been right there offering to help. Uh, and anytime anybody says something on our Facebook group or, or in our discord, he's right there, uh, ready to offer a solution. Like he's always got an answer or he's able to point you to where you can find an answer. But I really appreciate all the help he's offered to everyone. Um, yeah. Stream, stream underscore noodles. Go follow him. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. The little heart thing. And uh, we're in our last category now. We've got our last set before our favorite of the year. So we've got ongoing game and comfort food game. Um, ongoing game. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm even playing that's ongoing. I guess Don't Starve is my winner. They do yeah. keep coming out with new that's stuff. <laughs> you never stop playing. So <laughs> yeah, I, and and that game also that game came out like seven years ago as well. Uh, and they just keep releasing new stuff, especially on the PC version. Um, so I guess I guess my answer is don't starve there. But uh, my comfort food game is actually Stardew Valley. I picked that up again. Um, we we picked that up about a year, earlier this year sometime uh, on Switch because it has multiplayer. Lizzie and I have each put 100 hours into the Stardew mobile game years ago, but it doesn't have multiplayer. So we wanted to play with each other and our friend Christina. So we uh, bought it on Switch and we, we booted up a farm. Um, so I've been playing that with and without them. And man, that game just doesn't get old. Um, even though I've played the beginning of that game three times now, uh, I'm just loving it. It's just really nice to vibe to the music and sit on the couch next to each other and play, or or I'll put it up on the TV and Lizzie will watch. And um, yeah, that's the ultimate comfort game because where Don't Starve is trying to kill you all the time, Stardew's like, yo, if you just want to AFK and just like watch the world go by, do it. Great. That's the way you can play that. Uh, for me, ongoing game, I have Rogue Company. They actually just came out with a new season, which came out with a new mode, which is a Battle Royale mode, because not enough games have those. Wow. <laughs> but um, uh, I mean, I'm excited to try it out, because I mean, the, when they added it to Apex, it was like a huge hit. Uh, or not, uh, they, they added basically Rogue Company to Apex, not the other way around. But um, I, I'm eager to try it out, because this is a really good... Um, character set though I want I'm interested to see how the powers and stuff are but all balanced for battle royale because uh real company is very much an objective based game so if you take that away then what do you have so I'm I'm intrigued right. you know what I mean uh so that's what I have for my ongoing game even though I haven't played it in a while but moving on to that uh comfort game I have Pokemon originally I would have put Animal Crossing but I haven't touched that in forever so I can't really call it my comfort food game because a comfort food game is a game that you go to for comfort when you want to, like, you play it. You continue to play it when you want to feel good. Um, and lately, Shining Pearl has been that. I'll wake up, I'll have my breakfast, I'll have my morning tea or whatever. I'll throw on some some background noise and I'll be playing Shining Pearl. Um, if I'm upset, I'll do some cleaning. I'll play some Shining Pearl. When I'm hungry, I'll grab some dinner. I'll play some Shining Pearl. So mm -hmm. that's that's my pick for that. It was hands down, like, the easiest choice. Uh, yeah, I didn't... I didn't put an ongoing game in here, but yeah, Rogue Company would probably be that for me. Um, and then uh, uh, Comfort Food Game is sports games. I play every sports game every year, and it's the one that is in between my big, uh, like, the big games I'm playing. Like, if I'm playing, like, Inscription or, or whatever, Death's Door, whenever I'm like, I need a break from this, I'm most likely going over to a, a sports game to play that. Um, and chew up some time. Your comfort food game is Sweaty Game. Sweaty Game. Sweaty Game, boys. Sweaty Simulator 2021. <laughs> um, my comfort game was Wilmot's Warehouse. After we discovered that, just it's so chill despite being what you think is an anxiety-based game. Uh, but it's, it's super chill. The environment, the music, it's just fantastic. It's that music. very accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's a bop. 
uh, definitely try that out. And ongoing game, I, I already said that there were seven endings, but you technically don't have to end Space Warlord Organ Trader Simulator. Um, you could play that game for forever. Um, there's uh, certain cargo holds that you can purchase if you make enough money uh, to basically just become OP in the game. Uh, and I ended up playing like four hours the other day on release um, because I just wanted to make as much money as I could, and I didn't even reach the third level of cargo hold, which I think there's like 10 levels that you can buy. So technically, you might actually have to play for at least 10 hours just to uh, get the the most optimal uh, loadout, basically. So, yeah. Okay. I've Good. never I've never heard of Space Warlord, Organ Trader, Simulator, Hyper Ultra, Mega Pocket, Gold <laughs> Pocket Edition, EX3 Turbo, and Knuckles and Watch uh, Junior. It's, Until it's incredibly funny. Have to look it up. Incredibly funny, and you've got to be quick on reading and pointing uh, and clicking. That's that's the name of the game. It's hard. I mean, the name <laughs> of the game's a lot longer than that, but I see what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the favorites. Well, community. Yeah, community we got to uh, Actually, oh, well, we uh, this this we got uh, we got to hurry up, guys. <laughs> we we literally have one left. Uh, we yeah. don't have any any community input on that one actually because, uh, well, for a few different reasons, but uh, nothing from the community from that one. Um, but last we've got uh, favorite of the year. So yeah, I'm just I've already said everything I'm gonna say about this game. So mine's inscription. Inscription made what? me feel uh, some Wild. kind of way. I Whoa. know, um, <sighs> but uh, I I oh, watched I watched Odysseus play that for fifty yeah well for a zillion hours right and uh, I think I'm gonna go back. You might have watched it for fifty. You never uh, know. I did watch it for a whole lot, so I'm probably gonna go and beat the game again uh, in the next month or two. So uh, yeah, if you like any of the things I've said about that game, please just play it now, <laughs> or I'll drop a link in chat. Uh, you should go to. And uh, it's a fun website you can poke around. So do that instead. Yeah. Mine is uh, Pokemon Shining Pearl. I mean, I don't... It's 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 the most obvious pick for me because it's the most... For the last two months, it's all I've played. Mm -hmm. um, it's easily surpassed any of the other games that I started playing this year in Hourage already. Like, I, I beat the champion the other day and I clocked in at 200 hours. Jesus. Yeah. It's been out for two months. I said what I said. <laughs> I said what I, I says. What so I says. Y'all are playing Pokemon out there too. Please let me know. I got you. Let's play together. Please. I, I I need more people to play with. I need. I just need more people. So I love this game. It's so good. Okay, that's all. Pokemon. Carlos, go for it. Uh, mine is Metroid Dread. Uh, just because it didn't win enough things in my book. Um, but no, it's. I'm in love with Samus Aran. Uh, it was such a good feeling game to play. It was the definition of the genre, and holy shit, it's just so good. And if anybody wants me to spoil the ending for them, I've got it all recorded. So, like, <laughs> the whole last 10 minutes of the game is so fun. Just just let me know if you need me to spoil it for you, because it's great. Uh, mine, too, shocking, just shocker, uh, is Inscription. Uh, I was going to, I thought about putting Death's Door here, but I'm like... Am I really going to talk about Death's Door? Like, the amount of conversations I've had about Inscription are overwhelming uh, <laughs> compared to any other game. You know, like, Death's Door is great. I loved it. Uh, and I, I figured it'd be in my, my, like, be my game of the year. And then Inscription came out. 
Uh, so, um, yeah, it's just a stellar game. Uh, if you haven't played it, don't watch people play it. Go experience it for yourself because um, it's worth it. You know, I will say that I'm really glad that we fucking jumped on that the second it was announced and we were right about how awesome it was. Yeah, because yeah. we, we played that demo as soon as it went live. And damn, I so Chris, I, we watched you play that demo and right. the whole time I was just like, okay, so when is the release date? Like, when can I play this? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really glad yeah, we that's did. Right. Uh, that, I, I, I'm usually not on the board. Most games I play are years old, you know? Uh, I don't play a lot of games that are new. I didn't even care about Halo until I found out it was going to be on Game Pass. And so I didn't have to pay for it, you know? Uh, so I usually don't care about new releases that much. But um, yeah, Inscription made me like ready to play day one like immediately yeah um but yeah i also I, loved i also on. loved to hear that like odysseus and russ and like these people had not heard of the game until we started talking about it and then we spoke highly enough of it that they bought it and now love it you know it's Ru- like, russ was like uh you guys are being yeah, really cryptic yeah yeah <laughs> he's like you guys are being really weird about this so i guess i'm gonna pick it up and see what you're talking about yeah uh, so, so cool. Actually, you know what? I missed for comfort of the year. I uh, two people said Rune Factory Four and Snow Runner. So let me make sure that mm-hmm. I got that on there. Okay, there you go. Uh, but two games that the community said were their favorite of the year were Aliens Fireteam Elite. Um, that was Josh Hyde again. He said he played that an eight-hour campaign. He said it wasn't like the best game there is, but he had an absolute blast playing that uh, about an eight-hour campaign with his friends. And I can completely relate to that. Um, that playing with a good crew completely makes it just like inscription was so much more fun because we had each other to share it with and, and be excited uh, with each other with uh, alien fire team elite and the last of us Two. Those are both mm. good games. So y'all, this is our final and our longest. Well, actually this might not be our longest, but uh, one of the longest podcasts um, yeah. that we've done all year. And uh, we appreciate all of you sticking around uh, and and listening. Uh, again, I mean, I told you guys that many of my favorite moments from this year were us just hanging out in Discord. Uh, and that's not going to change. You're going to see me uh, push for people to get on Discord more and more because it's really the way that you can connect with the community the best. My favorite part yep. is that there's not a uh, feed to scroll through, right? It's just your friends. It's just good people with uh, good things to say. So uh, please hop on our Discord if you're not on there already. Uh, it's only growing, but um, as you can tell from what we've played and the community has played, there are people who like the same games as you. Even if you only play one game a year, even if you only play games that are free, uh, whatever your constraints are, there are other people like you that are ex- that want to be excited or want to recommend games um, to you. So, so please don't be afraid to uh, to lurk, but don't be afraid to be active in our community. We really have nothing yeah. but good people. So. Uh, with that, we're going to let Carlos go watch Spider-Man. Um, and I'll be excited to do that tomorrow. So Yay. we're going to end the show. And in a few minutes, we'll raid. But really, everybody, thanks for stopping by. Have a wonderful holiday. Uh, I hope you play some games about it, you know. And uh, we'll see you We'll see you in game. Party hearty. Peace. See Bye. ya.